It's one of the most ridiculous videos I've ever seen, but um, not the only ridiculous video I've ever seen, just more ridiculous than the video before it. It is a video of a man with a bicycle and a garbage bag in a Walgreens in San Francisco, and he's shoveling things off the shelf into the bag. Then he jumps on his bike in the store and just rides away. Security guard just films him and then tries to grab the bag and isn't successful. And this is what's happening in San Francisco. The shoplifting has gotten so bad. 17 different Walgreens stores have shut down. CVS and Walgreens representatives apparently said it's like the hub for organized retail crime. And uh, like I said, it's not the first time. There's another video from, I think it was last year, of women in the cosmetic section just shoveling things into bags. And there's a story from the New York Times from a couple weeks ago. One of their writers said when he moved to San Francisco, he goes to a Walgreens and sees people just walk in and start grabbing things and walking out the door without paying. And he was confused. Like, wait, what's happening? It was so brazen. Then he walks into a safe way. People are grabbing wine and just walking out. And it turns out, I guess, the way San Fran sees it, paying is optional. They are so overrun with crime. Cops just don't bother anymore. And this is what's happening in big cities. We have another more serious story out of, I believe it's Atlanta, where there was a, a, a drive-by shooting and the cops just do nothing. They don't pursue the shooters. They just just stand around and then eventually render aid. People are kind of mad. Why aren't you responding? Well, we're not allowed to anymore. So this is what's happening. In a bunch of other places, we're hearing that police aren't responding to 911 calls anymore. And from this, quality of life is dropping in many big cities. And of course, people are fleeing. Well, I guess the good news is the more conservative people from these cities will leave and then maybe help make redder areas redder or whatever. But the problem is actually that liberals are leaving the places where they voted in these politicians and then they're moving to the red areas and voting in those same politicians. So we got a lot to talk about. Of course, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the FBI and, and uh, the Biden administration's plan to target white supremacy, because apparently that's that's the, the, the big issue, uh, I guess. So, uh, well, joining me today to talk about these topics, we have Emma Jo Morris. Do you want to briefly introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Emma Jo Morris. I'm deputy politics editor at The New York Post. Uh, before that, I was in TV. I've been working there for a little bit over a year, and... Uh, that's kind of it. Right on. You expo <laughs> you, you you published that big Hunter Biden story, I guess, right? Uh, it was <laughs> joint mul- multiple effort. It was no, well, it was uh, it was a low key move uh, a couple of months ago, but yeah, that's that is part of my career. I, I can take credit for that. That's right great. <laughs> we also have Libby Emmons. How's it going? I'm editor in chief with the Post Millennial. Right on. Welcome back. Do you want to just, Thanks. Is, is that a good enough intro for you? Are you happy with that? Yeah, or? that's pretty much what right I'm on. doing. I'm also, <laughs> I'm also working on a book about how to make a conservative mm. arts movement. And that's coming out with uh, Bombardier Press in the fall. Cool. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it too. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then of course, come on. I wanted to really <laughs> say thank you to the viewer who said last night, no need to puke. It's Luke. I really appreciate that. I'm getting a lot of fanfare for being a simple, humble t-shirt vendor, which you could find out more by going to thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And I might start a cult on lukeuncensored.com, so I have that going for me. What is this shirt you're wearing? Uh, Today I'm wearing just two weeks to flatten the curve with uh, Dr. Fauci and our Lord and Savior Bill Gates. That is always right, no matter what. The YouTube moderating police should love this t-shirt, as of course I am praising the true words that were issued last year, plus some months that still do continue to... My favorite thing about Bill Gates is that he's not a doctor. (laughs) He's, I think he's a farmer, officially. Like if, if, you know, that's what, that's what he does. He is the largest farm landowner in all of the United States and surprisingly has a lot of influence and a lot of money carefully crafting a PR image of himself that yet 
still hasn't been able to scrub the connections with Jeffrey Epstein. I just, I just, I'm just, I just love that, like Joe Rogan can come out and make a comment about vaccines and get the meet everyone in the media just going nuts and screaming, "How dare you!" And then Bill Gates comes out. And he gives advice, and they're like, we love you, Bill Gates. And constantly talks to Dr. Fauci. As we found out through the Fauci emails, there was constant communication between the two setting up policy for the United States, which I think there is a lot of criticism to be had for. Right on. So, yeah. Agreed. That would be right. like the definition of oligarchy, basically, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's wrong with San Francisco, to be honest. It's a massive wealth, wealth disparity, so there's all these poor people, and they're just taking whatever they want. No one can do anything about it. Let's, uh, oh, and don't forget, I actually have a big announcement for everybody who may have missed it. We talked about this yesterday. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. We'll have a bonus segment coming up later tonight after this show, and uh, uh, you'll get access to the members-only area. You may have noticed if you are a member, there's a weird formatting thing happening where articles are starting to appear in the members-only section. You see, that's kind of bad news, but actually it's really good news. The bad news is we, we knew there were going to be some formatting issues because the site is currently undergoing a complete redesign. You can still find all the members only segments. When you click it, it'll just ask you to, to, to sign in. But you may notice that many of these articles are actually news articles because we are officially getting the ball rolling on the newsroom. And that means Cassandra Fairbanks is officially on as editor in chief. I know this triggered many on the left. They're freaking out. They're furious. They're outraged. But her articles are very straightforward, very professional. And whatever their opinion is on her opinions, the articles are fantastic. So we're actually going to be using, I think we have uh, one, uh, two of these articles pulled up we'll be talking about today. But this is all possible thanks to you. We were able to get Cassandra as the editor in chief. She's, we're going to be hiring a bunch of people. There's going to be an independent fact checker. So any, anybody who's concerned about any kind of bias from any of our reporters, we're going to have someone totally offsite a different place who's going to read through and independently fact check. And again, that's with your support as members at TimCast.com. Now, let's jump over to that first story. The amazing viral video. Market Watch reports Walgreens shoplifter fills trash bag with stolen goods and bikes out of store. Bay Area retail theft has seen Walgreens close 17 San Francisco stores in the last five years. Look at this amazing photograph. For those that are just listening, I'll, I'll describe it. There's a woman and she's like exasperated with her hand up as a security guard is literally just filming the guy. And the dude's stuffing what looks like what's like a 25-gallon shopping garbage bag. He's just dumping things off the wall. I wonder what he's stealing. What are, are they like? They're in like the eye care aisle, I think. Personal goods. Personal. That's personal. usually what's behind that little wall. What do you mean personal goods? What's like, that? Like uh, deodorant. Deodorant. This dude is stealing all the deodorant. I don't know that he's stealing all the deodorant. <laughs> How dare he? But then he just hops on his bike and rides away. And that's it. That's it. That's what's been happening in, in, in San Francisco. So apparently there was this uh, proposition back in 2014 that was pushed, obviously, by the Democrat supermajority that would make any shoplifting under $950 a misdemeanor. And at that point, cops were like, well, you know, we're not going to respond to these calls anymore. Once the cops stop responding, more and more people start committing these crimes. More and more people committing crimes means the cops can't respond to everybody. So now it's just it's a riot. Like literally, I would describe this as San Francisco is in a permanent state of rioting. It's a permanent state of shoplifting for sure. But, but, yeah. it, well, or looting. We'll call it looting. Yeah, I think it is that. And it's because the police officers obviously aren't going to prosecute these mis- misdemeanor crimes. There's nothing for them to go pick these people up. And also, people are just going to get released as soon as they're mm. arrested anyway. So even if they were to arrest people for these misdemeanors, the DA is just going to let them go. It's completely pointless policing. Would this, you want to live there? 
You know, I would not, in fact. But don't you live in New York? I do, but New York <laughs> is different. Although I will say that uh, the last time I went to Rite Aid and I tried to pick up some gum, it was in a locked box, and oh. I had to take it. It was gum. 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 It was wow. like a It was a four-pack, you know, oh, oh. so that's serious money, right? But I had to take it up to the front to get it uh, released from the locked from the locked box. Another thing that's really incredible it here really is that a lot of these stores are closing down in droves. I'm, I'm hearing estimates of 17 Dwayne Reeds being closed in California because of the constant theft. Because well, they can't 17 even make, Walgreens in San Francisco specifically. Yeah, yeah, they can't make any money because people are just coming in, taking whatever they want. And then at the security guard, I mean, that was the most <laughs> hilarious part of the, the video that not many people picked up because it was, it was saw, it was so awe stunning to see the security guards literally standing there like, and hey, then the hey, lady hey. next to him is like, hey, should we call 911? And, and the security guard is like, no. <laughs> I stand the security guard. Security guards getting paid, what, like 10 bucks an hour? Hmm. The cops don't support the stores anymore. The laws that have been passed are just – it's happening every day. I, I'm, I'm with the security guard in this one. I'd be like, back yeah, in right. The, back in, I think, what was it, 1998, I was working at a hat shop in Philadelphia. Uh I don't even know if there's hat shops anymore, but I was working there. And there used to be this guy who would come in every couple of days and steal a stack of hats. And it was just me at the store. A stack. A, like a full-ass like stack of hats. <laughs> and he'd walk into the store, and I'd be like, hello again. How are you? And he'd you know, I'm going to take these hats. <laughs> and I'd oh, be he, like, he well, tell you that? okay, yeah, he'd be like, I'm going to take these hats. I was, I don't know, I was 20. I don't know. No, wait, don't. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, when you take the hats, I'm going to call the police. And he's like, yes, I know you're going to call the police. He walked out of the store with the hats. I called the police. Two hours later, they show up. Mm -hmm. I'm already closing the store. I filed yep. a report. I was walking home from work one of the days, and there he was on the street with a blanket laid out with all the hats. And I was wow. like, hey, how's it going? He was like, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and that he, was that. He, he should have at least given you one of the hats for free. You know, free. he really should have. <laughs> My boss, who was this woman who was kind of badass, she was like, you have to go after that guy. And I was like, nah. No, I'm not doing that. I can't believe I can't possibly that. do that. I'm 20. I'm high. Like I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh add add four dollars an hour, and right. we'll tack on security. And then maybe. Yeah. No. I, I mean, to, I was working at Sunglass Hut in university, and I mean, we used to get robbed constantly. But they told us like that was a policy. It's like you don't go after the thieves. I mean, especially in San Francisco, like you don't know if they have weapons. Are you really gonna? Like the security guard, how much is he getting paid? Twenty bucks an hour? He's gonna risk oh, getting less. stabbed or whatever mm -hmm. for deodorant. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. You don't well, want to get so stabbed over deodorant. There is zero incentive for the cops and even less for the security guard. Well, so think about this problem. I mean, how do you how do you how do you solve it then? Right? I think I think it's it's I think it's you're right. The guy's stealing a bunch of deodorant. Why should I care? However, if you don't stop this guy, what happens? Everyone starts doing it. It's a permanent state of looting. Well, and that's what's going on. And this was a terrible law. It should never have been passed. I think that's clear. And it also, laws like this, I think it was what, like Prop 47 or something? Yeah, laws something like, like this are completely, they go against what the liberals are trying to do anyway. Because once you have all of these places shutting down, you're recreating the food deserts that so many city policies were trying to avoid. So... Who's going to open a grocery store in an area with high crime? And then the people who live in that area aren't going to have any food. And then you're going to have a food desert. And then you're going to have an obesity problem. And it's just going to mm -hmm. compound. But actually, one of the things uh, I was reading about when the Walgreens started shutting down, elderly people who live in San Francisco can't get their medications anymore. 
because there was there was one story about a guy who used to walk downstairs and then walk 10 feet to the I think it was like a Dwayne Reed or whatever mm-hmm. or CVS. They closed down because of all the shoplifting. Now he's got to walk miles, like one or two miles to actually get to his pharmacy now. And it's only a matter of time before they all shut down. You know, my favorite thing about all of this, though, is one of the remedies to, to all the shoplifting has been they, they started putting the items that are getting stolen in lockboxes. Like my gum. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. what happened was the item. So there's a, there's a photo that went viral showing uh, like hair care products mm-hmm. and the hair care products <laughs> for black people were in a lockbox yep. and the ones for white people weren't. And the left started saying it was racist. Yep. And it was interesting because I'm sure the manager in the corporation did not go out there and say, oh, well, you know, well, we're going to do this because the company is racist and lock up only the, the, the ethnic minority hair. They were probably just looking at a list of like things that were getting stolen and said, if it's getting stolen, lock it up. And some guy who has no idea what's going on just goes, okay, product 17 and product 34. Now, to stop the shoplifting, they're all racist, I guess. The other thing, too, is that because so many of these stores are just corporate um, chains, you don't have anyone who's working at the store who really cares what goes on at the shop. Yeah, It's not like a local pharmacy that's run by a family or whatever who's going to actually care about what happens there. Well, I think another aspect we're not really considering here is maybe the guy thought it was a Amazon cashless store and was just walking out. I mean, that's also a possibility here. With his but, mask on. But, but, yeah. it, was, it was a mask for COVID. He was just trying to be considerate. But in yep. all, all seriousness, I remember being in San Francisco two years ago investigating the crime that has been happening there, and it's been slowly escalating ever since. I remember walking and just talking about the poop on the street, which there's a, an exorbitant amount of people literally taking a crap in the middle of downtown San Francisco. I remember reporting on this, walking by, and there was a woman screaming on the top of her lungs, running across the street, jaywalking. There was police officers behind me as I was doing the walk and talk. Police officers heard this woman scream in the video. You can see this right now, uh, youtube.com forward slash we are changed San Francisco. And then the cops just decide to walk the other way. And I'm wow. like, what the hell am I experiencing where literally people are some would say right now that they're vaccinating themselves in the middle of the streets. They're I'm not sure doing that's that. What it is. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> just trying to be wearing masks yeah, because of I, COVID, I don't you know? think I don't think they're that available. I think they're injecting something else into their veins into the middle in the middle of the street. But it was it was like a zombie apocalypse wasteland two years ago. And now to see this, these stories and see it escalate and to talk to people who were there. I mean, we're talking about the center of tech entrepreneurs. We're talking about Silicon Valley. We're talking about some of the richest, most influential people in the world who voted for this now having to deal with the ramifications of this. Here's the best part. During the lockdowns, all we couldn't go to the bars. We couldn't go to churches. There was no water cooler. There was no conversation. You couldn't see your neighbors. If you were going to see anything in the news, it had to go through Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and whatever big tech platform. If you wanted to buy a book, it had to be on Amazon or you had to go to, you know, probably just Amazon, to be honest. And these people from San Francisco are regulating the opinions on these platforms, which means the worldview that created the nightmare dystopia that is San Francisco. It's being perpetuated through these platforms, even right now, even with the lockdowns being lifted and our ability to go out and see movies and talk and hang out. Still, for the most part, our opinions are sent through this filter of the big tech oligarchs. You look at how they run where they live. Their opinions should not be the ones we're propping up. But that's exactly what's happening. So it's only a matter of time, to be honest.
Well, and these are also people who didn't ever consider ethics. They're only considering algorithms and things like that. They've never looked into the actual effects of what they're doing, and nobody ever taught them how to do any of that stuff because we completely depleted our educational system so that what do you do? You major in marketing and memes, which, okay, that's interesting, I suppose, but it would help to have some measure of philosophy an understanding of political discourse and perhaps history that isn't entirely filtered through the lens of whether or not it's racist. I've, I, I feel like a big component is it's it's it. Well, I'll put it this way: it's funny that there's some capitalist criticism, but then we also have this very serious problem of critical race theory ideology in our schools. You, on one hand, have college where it's like a, a large component is ridiculous jobs that are just for making money, but now colleges are being taken over by ridiculous majors that have nothing to do and will never make money. So it's you can either have the one extreme of, like you said, studying memes because memes make money for advertisers or whatever, or critical race theory and you know gender sciences and studies which don't produce anything for society. Hey, there's nothing wrong with memes, okay? I love memes the memes. Are cool. Memes are memes amazing. Are cool. But but also another thing we have to it's understand the here. Best major you could actually get. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 it's most probably the most useful one that you <laughs> actually get the best money as for your bank. As a component yeah. for marketing, <laughs> yeah. right? But about a lot of, uh, so we we had a problem for a while where a lot of jobs we had were pointless. Like the internet mm-hmm. gets invented, and then I mean, look, no disrespect to my friends who work at fast food, but a lot of these cashiers are being replaced by kiosks. Well, they're being replaced by kiosks in part because the minimum wage is going up to fifteen dollars an hour, and McDonald's, for example, doesn't want any part of that. So, thanks, Joe Biden, for eliminating a bunch of entry-level jobs that could have taught uh, young people how to have a job and show up on time. And there's also the issue of unfettered immigration creating low-skill competition for those young people. And then the young people actually don't end up working in these places anyway. Yeah. Then they're told by their parents <laughs> to skip these jobs and go straight to college. Then they get indoctrinated with ridiculous ideology. And then they get out and they're like, why can't I get a job in a newsroom with a gender studies degree? And it's like, because you're an idiot. <laughs> Did you th- see the thing now where um, the CBC, I don't know if you follow the Canadian broadcasting company, but they've decided to suspend all commenting for articles on Facebook because they don't want their reporters and journalists to feel bad when there's negative feedback <laughs> that's for their a, stories. That's, it's such the, the stupidest yeah. and, and most <laughs> fake argument. Because I'll tell you this, right? There's a bunch of stupid, like, cringy leftists who are tweeting outrage that Cassandra has joined and she's going to be running the newsroom. I saw some of that. I don't care. I'm like, dude, you, like, you, you guys, you'll literally get fired by your boss in two seconds if you say, like, fart. You know what I mean? You just went off and were screaming at this AP reporter who got fired for having bad opinions. And you know what? I'll eat this one. I was actually saying, well, maybe AP shouldn't hire her. And now there's, there's equal criticism to me because Cassandra certainly got feisty opinions as well. All right. So I'll walk. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we just don't have, you know, you have your reporters focus on like if they're going to be opinionated on one thing, maybe they should cover something else. So so I'll, I'll, I'll take that criticism. But how are you going to come out? Taylor Lorenz, who uh, I, I don't have the biggest issue with. But I understand why people are upset with her and the things she posts for The New York Times. She's, she complains all day and night about journalists getting harassed and how it's wrong, especially women journalists. And now what? I've got Cassandra, and she ri- she's written five articles. They're all very straightforward, regular news. And the left is screaming like it's the apocalypse, digging up her old tweets and posting them and tweeting at me. I'm like, is this a harassment campaign? Because, you know, when you come out and complain that we tweet at journalists— and then you tweet at me, you think I'm going to have any sympathy for you? Not. You all are nuts. All right. Well, the thing is, it's not the, the thing on the left about uplifting women and, you know, not attacking or harassing women. That only stands for women that share the same leftist ideology. It doesn't actually 
mean that there's support for conservative women. Emma Jo, I think that you've probably seen this as well. Well, of course. I mean, I remember, like, when we were doing the Hunter stuff, you know, we were talking about it, and and I was thinking about, you know, obviously what the backlash would be, and I was thinking about it, and I, you know, check all these boxes for the people that kind of, you know, come after you with the pitchforks, and and I was thinking, okay, I'll be home free because... I'm exactly who they would want to uplift, you know, and I'm breaking a story and it's a big story and I'm a young woman and, uh, what, you know, what, I'm an immigrant. And <laughs> Which story was it specifically, just for people who don't know? I broke the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, that was my scoop and I went through the laptop and I wrote all the articles uh, leading up to the election that got the New York Post uh, kicked off Twitter and Facebook. So I, I broke I, the internet, basically. I, I, I can just imagine that all of the Democrats were cheering, like, here's a, a prominent female journalist proving that, you know, shattering the glass ceiling. I wasn't and, going that far. I wasn't going that far, but I was thinking that they wouldn't attack me personally. You know, I obviously figured they would go after the story, but I figured that I kind of fall into a lot of their protected classes that you often see and i wasn't expecting that the backlash would be so personal because of that oh dude these uh, these people man they're nasty people but listen but you know what you were saying about cassandra i don't know about her opinions or nor do i care because it shouldn't really matter it should be about the work that she does and what she produces for you i would think and that was something that came out from the whole thing with you know after we broke the internet and after you know the new york times came after me and Washington Post and Joy Reid and NPR and whatever, you know, all the polite people. And uh, and the Post didn't even wince, you know, that not only were they expecting it and not only did they not care, but they were just kind of looking at the story on its merits and uh, whatever the people were looking at on my Instagram of pictures from when I worked at Fox, you know, that was one thing that they were pulling up that I'm a, you know, a Trump apparatchik because I used to work at Fox and I had all these pictures from when I just got out of school i was like 23 and i was meeting all these trump people who were coming to fox and taking pictures and posting them and that was supposed to be proof that i was like a political hack and you know the employer didn't care because at the end of the day it's like what work are you doing and if we're going to appease like a twitter mob that you know they come and go like the wind and it's you can't you can't run a business that way and uh and that's why canceling trying to cancel me personally didn't work and that's why it won't work Conser- any, it won't work with any business that doesn't bend to it because if you just don't care, it just passes like a storm. Right, right. I think conservatives also need to stop thinking that these people have legitimate complaints. So right. uh, for whatever reason, I think people on the right, anti-establishment, whatever you want to call it, because there's certainly liberals who are anti-woke, anti-establishment as well, although many of them are becoming conservative. They seem to think that these people maybe are just misguided. And that if we just have a conversation calmly and rationally, they'll change their minds. That's just absolutely not true. It's just just not the case. It is so divergent right now. This, this the, the political factions in this country. There's a bunch of different ones. Some are aligned with others, but the gap between those people who are screaming at you and calling you a Russian agent or whatever, and sane normal people, there's no bridge. There's no words you can say. There's no convincing them. And and many of them probably know they're they're nasty evil, disgusting, vile people. They, 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 they are trolls who go on. Look at Chrissy Teigen, for instance, right? Oh. Teigen or whatever her name is. She had that tweet where this guy was begging her, please take down that fake post. I never mm-hmm. said those words. And she's like, too bad. You're a racist and I'm going to watch you burn. They know they're evil. They know it. Well, they think they're entitled because they think that they're right. And they think that they're right because they never examine their views. They don't examine the undercurrents uh, that, are, that are holding their perspectives in place. 
and they would find that they're not there. I mean, these liberal ideologies are like shifting sands. You know, you stand in one place and then suddenly you're somewhere else because nothing, there's no stability underneath these, uh, there's no foundations to it. So if we're not consistently and constantly examining our belief systems to try and understand what we believe and why, you know, I say this all the time, then we, then we have nothing, then we have nothing at all. I don't think it's a belief system. You I don't wouldn't, think so? I, no, I don't think it's that sincere. I think it's a, it's like a character. It's a personality. It's somebody who's ready to take a bludgeon and hit whoever's in front of them. Um, I mean, come on. This isn't like about morality. It's about, it's about having, like Chrissy Teigen, it's about having the right to push somebody around and get praise for it. Um, but like you said, it's like shifting sands. There's no continuity. There's no like. I think they just think there's no. Right. You don't think so? I think they think that they have a moral superiority about it. I think that that's a shroud. And yeah, that's I, something that's used to, like, get props for what they're doing. But I think underneath that, it's just more about control and and I don't want to use the word. It, yeah, it's about bullying, I think. Arsonist. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they take pleasure in destruction. When, what, so those, uh, uh, those, those direct messages that got released showing Chrissy Teigen's messages – the story, I guess, basically is this guy was accused of being racist because someone photoshopped him saying, I guess, the N-word. And he, Chrissy That's Teigen. That's okay when you're Hunter Biden, though. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, so Chrissy Teigen posts an image, I guess, on Instagram or something like that. He messages her saying, please, I never said those things. It's a fake photo. Like, this is, this is destroying me. And he was having suicidal ideation. And she's just laughing. She's like, ha, 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 I don't care. Screw you. You're racist. You deserve it. But he didn't actually say those things. She doesn't care. She comes out later and admits, yeah, I was a troll. I was screwing with people. It is what it is. These right, are just right. evil people who enjoy watching others suffer. I don't think it's even evil. I think it's like an insecure husk. You know, like if you think about like who does that, <laughs> it's people who who need a source of like feeling good about themselves that doesn't come from anything other than kind of like imposing whatever they're doing and then getting likes for it. I mean, watching someone suffer and laughing about it, that, that's like, that, that feels evil to me. Well, a lot that's of this is... the definition uh, of mirth. Yeah. Mirth is taking joy in someone else's pain. A lot of this is also surrounding narcissism and ego. And what we were talking about earlier, these social media algorithms that incentivize it and, and reward it. If you look at what gets promoted, what gets talked about, what the algorithm pushes on the general public, it's usually drama. It's usually fighting. It's usually putting someone down, and it's promoting the larger divide and conquer agenda that makes people want to attack each other and not really truly look at the true cause of their problems in their lives. So I, I think you know there is an element of evil. You know, cats torture animals for some for for some reason. There is an element of just that. There is an element of business incentive, knowing that you're going to get more followers, more retreats, more likes if you do start that drama. And I think there's also even a bigger agenda, possibly even above that, uh, pushing people to hate each other and fight each other that also, again, psychologically people are doing without even knowing that they're doing it themselves. There's this viral thread from some like crackpot guy who's like, fascism is back, here's proof. And it was the story about Ron DeSantis banning critical race theory in Florida. And then he just like creates this weird version of reality where what Ron DeSantis is doing is comparable to what the Nazis did, I guess, which makes no sense. And then he just like, he's like, the Nazis were banning, you know, knowledge and books and this is it. It's happening. And it's like, bro, you guys have been banning books for years. Like Amazon literally bans was at burning books. And, and they, these people genuinely are freaking out, waving their arms and they are screaming that fascists are taking over. It is kind of funny when you think about 
the right when they were like, ah, the, the cultural Marxists and the communists are taking over. And it's like, you know what the thing is? There's an objective reality. And if you read CBS, if you watch CBS and Fox News, you'll get a hard dose of reality and say, huh, I kind of understand what's what's happening. The thing is, conservatives, uh, according to at least one study, I cite a million in one time. I've cited a million in one times. Conservatives do read about a third of their news from mainstream liberal sources. Moderates read about a third of their news from conservative sources. Liberals, 95 to 100 percent of their news comes from liberal news sources. That's exactly what happens. When, I mean, when I talk to liberals that I know, the ones that are still talking to me, which are not that many, I'm mostly just in my family. And they don't really have a choice. But anyway, yeah, they don't see the same news that I see at all. There's just no, there's nothing to connect it. Yeah. There's, there's it's, this, it's hard this, to watch. There was this guy who got, uh, he's like a, a Call of Duty gamer, I guess. And someone, he, he tweeted about a video about something political. And he was like, this is crazy. What's happening? Someone said, hey, you should watch, like, you should read Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, and watch Timcast. And then he said something like absurd about me that was based on grifters who will like pull clips from the show, take them out of context mm-hmm. and then repackage them. And there was a story about Democrats and segregation or something. I can't remember exactly which segment they were talking about, but he said, it's not true. It's clearly a line. I won't even watch the video. And then I mentioned something about Democrats, even at the federal level, signing on to a abo- to repeal uh, uh, the, the anti-discrimination, the, ra- the anti-racial discrimination policies from their constitu- constitution in California. All of these Democrats, like even at the national level, were saying to California, like, yes, we agree with you removing your anti-discrimination uh, provision in your own constitution so that they could implement racial policies in universities, which is that we've seen segregated dorms. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, race based uh, selection for, for schools. So that I always tell I always tell people what, what the Democrats want to do with with universities is. There's a kid whose skin is too much of one color and, you know, so they tell him, you, you can't go to the school. You look too much like those other people. That's literally what their plan is. This guy responds with, well, why haven't I seen that story? Well, I'm like, you're yeah. not looking for it, guy. Well, if, if, <laughs> you're if all you're reading open. is yeah. fake news, yeah. like at this point, it is so painfully obvious that the mainstream media is just like more than half lies. I'm not going to say it's all lies. There's a lot of really basic stuff. I mean, we're reading a lot of this news right now. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the video of the guy shoplifting that story from Market Watch is a real story. You can watch the video. But when it comes to politics, it's just bleh, word vomit. They just make up trash. Well, they are making up trash. And I think that you, know, you mentioned DeSantis banning critical race theory in schools. And that gets picked up by, you know, your attacker, Joy Reid, and other people by say, you know, and they're saying that uh, they're banning the actual teaching that slavery existed. And, you know, <laughs> and it's like none of that is true. And if you actually look at the bills that are that are coming up in these legislatures, uh, they're saying things like you cannot teach that one race or ethnicity is better than another. Right, right, right. You know, it's like doubling down on actual uh, anti-discrimination policy. Look. And the thing, too, is critical. You know, the, another thing that's coming out now is this idea that critical race theory is not being taught. And the left is like, no, critical race theory isn't being taught. That's not what's going on. And no, critical race theory is not being taught. It's being embedded in pedagogy. It's being completely, you know, linked in with every aspect of curriculum so that you can't take it out. It's not that it's being taught. It's being indoctrinated. There's there, a difference. No, and, but the thing that's such a troll now is like, Nicole Hannah-Jones, or is that her name? 1619. Yeah, She's on Twitter like, this is why. (laughs) You know, because it's starting to be banned, and that's now proof that it's all true. So, so, but but, uh, you are completely right. It's indoctrination. Mm -hmm. And they're, so if they want to teach about critical race theory, 
great. Why are we teaching fifth graders about an academic college level theory? What they're actually doing is teaching the ideology of it. But more importantly, like you were saying, when they come out and they're like, no one's teaching this. Technically, they're telling the truth. They are telling the truth. There was this really great meme image I saw. I shouldn't say it to me. It, it went viral. It was an image from a workbook from a grade school. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You, you, ever, you, you know the old trope of the, co- the school, the school uh, math question? A train leaves Pittsburgh traveling at 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I saw this. A train leaves Cincinnati traveling at 40 miles an hour. If they're, dis- if they're this far apart, how long until they crash or whatever? There was this problem that was getting shared around, and it said it showed a picture of a white guy and a black guy, and it said John is a white man who has been stopped by the police three times in the past year. Harold is a black man who's been stopped three hundred ninety-four times. If the difference is like, what's the percentage of of times the black man has been harassed by police? Something like that. Like that's indoctrination. It sure is. Totally unrelated things that are using the 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 cult ideology in in just like you were mentioning, right? In math problems that are unrelated, that's how they get they get around. It's in math problems. It's in art classes. It's in history. It's in literature. It's in literally every aspect of it. And when they're done with you know embedding critical race theory and everything, uh, they're also um, they're also pushing in um, climate alarmism as well. Not to take anything away from climate change being a thing, but teaching kids what opinions to have before you give them facts about what's going on is. That's indoctrination. You know what? <laughs> you know what? what I th- when it comes to the climate change stuff, I think the global elites are betting on winning because they're buying beachfront property. Right. So they're basically telling everybody, like, "Hey, if all of you give up all of your luxuries, we'll save the world by the beachfront in Miami." Because <laughs> their bet is, if we make all the poor people own nothing. We get our private jets. We get our yachts. We get our beachfront property. That's the plan, baby. There was a. This- hysterical thing that happened yesterday where in New Zealand there's a what is it schools schools climate strike school strike for climate it's like the Greta Thunberg thing and there's branches everywhere so the Auckland branch of the school strikes for climate decided that they were going to completely disband they were formed in 2019 but there's too much systemic racism in their group of 8 to 18 year olds <laughs> so they've decided to completely disband stop dealing with the climate thing at all and only uplift the uh, black indigenous people of color who are working to do it so all the white people are like you know what we can't possibly do this work because we're not you so y'all do this work and we'll we'll pump you on social media, okay? And that's how we know we're anti-racist. That's amazing. It's, it's like amazing. We, we burned down your neighborhood in riots, <laughs> yeah. and we think you should rebuild it because it's yours. It's yours. You guys deal with it. You guys know better than us. So we're going to go sit over here and I, be, we, you know, worthless white people. We, we, we got problems, man. It's not even – like, like that's, that's New Zealand, you said, right? Yeah, well, you know, New Zealand is a disaster. Jacinda Ardern with her, like – global censoring the internet project that she's trying to get everyone on yep. board with because of the Christchurch. We we massacre. are lucky that we have a, a constitution in this country. 
Otherwise, we'd yeah. be dealing with the same fate as Canada, which is just like a randomly arresting people, or the UK. What is the UK doing? More lockdowns? They announced more lockdowns when their debts have been going down, and they're extending it. Uh, was it which like is four weeks absurd. or something? Yeah, I'm, they're at a four-week low. It continues to go down, but the UK government still is like, well, we, we need to lock down more because of this Indian variant, which, which, again, doesn't correlate with the hospitalizations, the cases, and the numbers. A lot of this is, you know, in my opinion, more about control and when we look at the lockdowns, when we see the larger effects of them, we, we don't see any efficacy. We don't see any scientific data showing that they actually helped, especially with states like Florida and Texas disproving a lot of the big data surrounding uh, this particular case. But, but w- what did the lockdowns do? They helped out the billionaire class because the billionaire class was allowed to be open. Amazon, Walmart, Costco, whatever other special interests, business as usual. You run a church, you run a business, you're screwed. And then another thing that happened, there's there's this horrible video. I tweeted it out today, and and it's heartbreaking, of a father being arrested in front of his children because he practiced his religion in Canada and held religious services. And seeing videos like that infuriate me because it, it, it also plays into what we were talking about in the beginning of this broadcast, these huge waves of violence that are taking over major cities, not just in San Francisco, Atlanta, New York. But, but hold on. Yeah. I, that, that point you made about the guy getting arrested. Remember when the, when the pandemic first started and we saw those videos out of Wuhan? where the Chinese authorities were dragging people out of their homes. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wow, China's crazy. Exactly. And then it happened in Canada, like, yep. hundreds of times. Australia, sure did. In New Quebec, Zealand. it happened. Yep. It yep. even happened here in the U.S. And it's happening right now as we're speaking. As it Florida, in the Jewish community yeah, in New yeah, York City. Yeah, yeah, as Florida's doing huge open concerts, 12,000 people at the Bitcoin conference. Canada, you can't even have a religious service, which is absolutely infuriating. And when police officers... You know, a lot of their time, a lot of their resources were spent directly at shutting down businesses, at shutting down church services, and they did it happily. And at the same time, what did cities like New York City do? They released violent criminals onto the street. The resources for the policing went towards innocent people. Innocent people were sent to jail, were, were, were prosecuted, were punished for doing everyday average things. And now the United Kingdom's saying we need more lockdowns. So what you're it's saying ridiculous. is, so what you're saying is uh, uh, abolish the police? I think there's a discussion to be had, especially <laughs> when it comes to policing, and I'm not afraid to, to say that. I, I think that you know we definitely need to have that conversation, especially w- what's happening in Atlanta. There was a drive-by shooting. There's videos of police officers standing by and deciding not to intervene or do anything because the mayor banned them from even uh, doing pursuits in the city so, of Atlanta. So there's a, a report from Michael Tracy about all of the ridiculous COVID fines that police were were writing for regular people for, for nonsense. There was one story, I think it was out of New York, a Jewish guy, he had, his store was closed, but he opened the door That's for right, fresh air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the cop come, the, the, or the, the health, inspe- health yeah, official the health was like, we're going to write you a fine. And he's like, why? I'm closed. I'm like, door's open. Sorry. Door's open. It was interesting. A year ago, because the churches were all closed, I think it was in Pittsburgh, a church group decided to hold their service in Walmart. That was amazing. I, it was so infuriating to watch as all of the corporate, like we were talking about, Luke, all of the corporate interests got to keep their businesses open and the little shops closed down. In my neighborhood, like a ton of little shops are gone. Yep. And it's it's sad to see. The Rite Aid is still there with the gum in cages. But they, exactly. they got people to worship the Lord in Walmart. They sure did. That is Okay, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> you, 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 you could not have written a future nightmare dystopia that, like, that bad. What do you think? Because was, yeah. he, he, when they were writing 1984, they were like, well, people were still, like, practicing their religious ceremonies, you know, in private. 
Well, not really. 94 was like worship Big Brother. But at the very least, man, we, we, could, we, could, we could go for an, a, 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 a nightmare dystopia where we go to the corporation for our religious ceremonies because it's the only place the government allows. It's like Wally. Yeah. That movie was so prescient. Yeah, man. I think, you know, honestly, it's, uh, it's, it's Mike <laughs> Judge is a prophet. Yeah. Idiocracy. That was amazing, it, too. It, it, idiocracy. We, but so we, we was, had, uh, did you ever see Ian Forrester? I mean, it's not a film, but he wrote a book called uh, The Machine Stops. Mm-mm. And it basically, it takes place in the future. He wrote it in what, like, I think 1911, 1918, somewhere around there. And everybody lives in their own little box. Everyone lives in their own little cube. They interact with each other through what's called the machine. They deliver speeches to the machine. They react to each other's lectures through the machine. They ask the machine to bring them things. The machine brings them, you know, someone to sleep with and then takes their children away and puts them in a different little box. The earth is uninhabitable and they don't know how to interact with one another. It's like being in a chicken coop. It kind of is, except it's also kind of like COVID lockdowns. Yeah, man. Idiocracy. So what? So uh, what? We have uh, uh, Donald Trump as president. He's literally in the WWE Hall of Fame. He is. He actually is. Yeah, he actually yep, is. He is. The actual and individual of Donald Trump. Donald is Trump is in the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame. He was okay. the president of the United States. And like Camacho in Idiocracy is like this wrestler. So not one for one, but so much of that seems to be coming true. And it's 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 rather nightmarish. But you know, it's not it's not completely. Obviously, the movie is very different. But there's funny things to point out about it. I'll tell you what's really disconcerting is when you look at the policies coming from Democrats, the ideology coming from the left, the things they believe. Like, like, I, I, which one? Who? I think Libby, you were mentioning this. It was a shifting sand, or was that you, Emma? Like shifting sand beneath them. Yeah, you, you were saying this. They have no real moral framework or foundation. It's just whatever is convenient for them to own the cons, to gain some kind of victory. There's no morality. There's no framework. It is just literally, in my opinion, is fire. Our, our, our country, our culture is a, is a house made of brick and stone. We built it over a long period of time. We got some weird rooms in this place, that's for sure. And then along comes this new ideology that just starts burning and destroying these things. There's no real rhyme or reason to, to, to their ideologies other than we're right and we want power. But it's just, like, one thing that's, I mean, there's so much of this that you could have never predicted. I mean, I remember talking about some weird virus that's going on in China in January and seeing some weird videos and, oh, but that, you know, won't actually come. You know, they've had SARS before and it hasn't come. But, yeah, so, you know, there's been so much that you really couldn't predict standing here now a year ago. But the thing that I find really striking is people's willingness to go along with whatever. I remember just like having my jaw drop hearing the stories and understanding that Wuhan was allowing international flights, but not domestic flights in China. Hearing that, I was like, wait, what, what, what's going on here? I remember hearing about the Wuhan laboratory. You talked about it, automatically cut on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, just utterly deleted. And and the control of social media, I think, you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit, talking about how unethical they are and how, uh, you know, they're just doing things for profit. And, and I think that this deserves a larger conversation because they, they essentially are the ones that are c- controlling communications, mm-hmm. controlling so many important aspects of our life that if if it was free, if information was free flowing, we could have dealt with this in such a way better fashion but we judge we judged our information right we judged it through the lens of ideology so instead of saying like 
here's some information. Let's look at it objectively. Let's measure it against reality. Let's have, you know, let's have an open discourse. We measured it against our concerns that, you know, saying the virus was from China was racist. We measured <laughs> yeah. it. Not Trump. He called it the right? Kung flu. Well, that was. And they told yeah. you to, to go to the Chinese Day Parade sure. in New York City. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you had Bill de Blasio and Nancy Pelosi both saying, come out to Chinatown, stop being racist. You had them saying that Trump was overblowing the virus and then so quickly thereafter saying that he wasn't taking it seriously enough. Um, and it turns out that I think HHS under his um, under his leadership was dealing with it in January. But we don't look at reality. We don't look at information objectively. We look at it through the lens of, you know, our political priorities. And that's a real problem. And that is a problem of leadership specifically. But it's also a problem for us who keep voting for these people who don't have any concern other than maintaining their own power base. But I even think that's like too meta, you know, like human functioning and like human cognition has existed longer than like the Internet controlled our communication. And people like you would think that there would be some level of like functioning and thinking that goes outside of the prism that like big tech and the media present information to like. You know, we were talking about how draconian it got. And, you know, for instance, I, I got a trespassing ticket during COVID. I will admit. Trespassing? Trespassing um, for playing squash in a, a park. Um, wow. Because, you know, in New York, they closed playgrounds and I needed to exercise. And I wasn't about to just run around in a circle on a track. I wanted to play with the racket. So I hopped a fence to a squash court and got caught by so police. You, so you're confessing. Right now. Oh, oh, I've already, it. I've already pleaded guilty oh. and paid my ticket. So <laughs> Criminal. I'm home free. But no, but, you know, I, so I got this ticket for trespassing, playing alone in a park in a gated like space. And I was nowhere near anybody. And there was no infection that was happening at that moment. And I got and I was thinking about the ticket and I'm like, is there not no capacity or for nuance to distinguish between something that's dangerous and harmful and something that's not like the the how reticent people are to go along with something that makes absolutely no sense for the sake of just being like a bot for for our like ruling and class i guess is just like that blew but we me were away about, about covid this. that was like, something and that has nothing to do with the media or with tech that has to do with your own judgment but it also has to do with how far you have to be pushed in order to fight back against something right most people pretty much just want to live peacefully they just want to take their kids to school, they want to get dinner on the table, they want to relax on the weekend. And so until the point comes, and we were talking about this before, until the point comes when you can't get dinner on the table, yeah. and unless you're pushed past that breaking point, what you're going to do is you're going to do your job and you're going to get dinner on the table and you're going to try and take care of your kids and that's what you're going to do. Well, I, I'm, 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 uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I'm skeptical that the same things that led to, say, the Arab Spring or traditional revolutions, we've seen it with food, will have a, will have the same role, particularly because millennials don't have kids. It's really, really easy to feed one person. Mm. But a lot of these revolutions, it's because food is becoming too expensive. Why? Well, people have children. So when it comes to the point where your kids are being threatened, a person will go to great lengths to protect their children. Millennials don't have any. Yeah. I mean, well, they do, obviously, but they're disproportionately dogs. less. They've got things like cockapoos and yeah, little all little of that. little. What are what are those little pomeranians? They've yeah, got they, pomeranians. They look little like yappy things. Little yappy things. It is. Uh, I will say though that the um, the stuff shortage in the U.S. I think is uh, getting worse. My uh, 
I only have one child, but my grocery bill keeps increasing by something like 25 or $30 every, every couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's crazy. my normal grocery bill for like, you know, your basic trip to the grocery store, a little bacon, a little pasta and some fruit, whatever, who cares? This would be like 50 bucks. And now I'm up to like 125 for the same stuff. We went to a local grocery store and I was just getting some basics. I, th- I can't remember what we were going to make. I think we were doing like a taco night or something. And it was like $300 for not even that much meat, sour mm-hmm. cream, you know, avocados. And I was like, this is a mistake. And then I was like, everything was just, it, it added up. And I was like, what? This is mind blowing to me. Like, how did it get so expensive? We didn't have a full yeah. cart. I'm buying way less meat than I used to. It's not like I was buying that much of it. But now there's just like one night I'll make my kids some pork chops. There is, there, there is something interesting happening, though, in terms of you, you were talking about like the indoctrination uh, about people just willing to go along with whatever's being said. Something interesting happened. We have the story from TimCast.com. John Stewart shocks Stephen Colbert in rant about lab leak being the most rational explanation for COVID. I don't know if you guys saw this. But John Stewart, appearing on the Late Show with Colbert, had Colbert on de- on the defense. Colbert trying to wa- stop John Stewart, who was basically just going off, saying, "He's like, you come to me and tell me there's a novel coronavirus that's released, and you want to figure out where it came from. Why don't we ask the lab that literally works on the novel <laughs> coronavirus where it may have came from? And when you ask him, hey, where did this come from? They go, maybe a bat mated with a pangolin. And you're and this is John Stewart. He gets up right into the camera, Colbert." desperately tries to make it seem plausible that it wasn't China. This is what freaks me out. A lot of people have been saying like, oh, they think we've been infiltrated by China and their influence has taken over. Mike Pompeo said the Chinese uh, Communist Party has infiltrated every facet of government from city to, to local to state to federal government. And then you see this. Why is Colbert so desperate? He's like, maybe the lab is there because of all the bats. Bro, there's no there's no there's no bats there. They got the bats from hundreds of miles away. John Stewart is right. Now, and this is interesting. I don't know if John Stewart will actually be a wake-up call for regular liberals. Maybe, but John Stewart is is interesting. He's like he was frozen in carbonite almost. He's like the Han Solo of our generation, right? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back when he was still on the show, he was honest. He praised Project Veritas for their reporting. He would he would criticize Obama when Obama was deserving of criticism. But he was a liberal. He was a, he was a Democrat guy. Not necessarily Democrat guy, but he's you a know, liberal. He leaves. Now he's coming back in the limelight with a Twitter account. And all of a sudden, the left is calling him a Republican. Colbert says, when did you start in- interning for Ron Johnson? Right. That's creepy. That's creepy level tribalism that Jon Stewart doesn't exist in. Yeah, it was interesting, too, because the backlash on Twitter was so severe against Jon Stewart saying things that are not only completely obvious, but have been obvious for a long time. And that the Washington Post recently had to completely walk back. Yeah. Everything that they said about this, the, the, the lab leak theory. I'll, I'll, I'll be fair to Washington Post. In May of last year, they ran an op-ed talking about lab leak. However, 
as soon as the Republicans started saying it, Tom Cotton, they were like, oh, this is a conspiracy and y'all are nuts. Their take on today's issue was pretty telling. They wrote an article, uh, an opinion piece that was titled, John Stewart's rant is a reminder. Don't rely on celebrities for COVID-19 theories. (laughs) Meanwhile, this is the same media publication that a few months ago had a headline article saying Dwayne The Rock Johnson urges fans to wear masks (laughs) after he and his family get COVID-19. A real kick in the gut. I mean, obviously, these people don't have any morals, don't have any objective stance on issues. All of it, a lot of it is power. A lot of it is ego. But but a lot of this is sociopathic, insane criminal behavior, in my opinion, because what Jon Stewart said made absolute sense. He brought and concluded facts that people were talking about for a very long time that have been censored away from the general public. And Stephen Colbert, I don't know what they did to him, but they did something. Because if you remember his show, even on Comedy Central, he was hinting and pointing at issues that were pretty poignant, that were pretty populist, that were pretty important. I remember even talking to him about Bilderberg, which he knew a lot of things about extensively. And now he's literally doing commercials for Big Pharma, promoting the vaccine. They're, they're, in one of the clips, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but he released a video of him dancing around with, with singing vaccines, telling you how you need to take the COVID-19 vaccine because it is safe, it is effective. Johnson & Johnson are our heroes. Pfizer's going to help you. Literally, it's a sick, disgusting clip of him dancing around Here's- and saying, if you're one of my family members, you don't take this vaccine. You're not welcome to any of my events. It, it was it was repugnant to, to say the least. But but this is a man that literally just it looked like he was doing a commercial for Pfizer. Look, it's 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 weird how the left has become instantly pro big pharma when they're always very critical of it. They've I'll, been I'll, pro big pharma for a while, I think. I mean, you the, can see the establishment, that with, I guess. Yeah, I think they have been. If you look at, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, <laughs> when it comes to the, the vaccines, the biggest issue I take with celebrities giving medical advice is that they're going to write articles saying don't do it, right? They're, they're saying, oh, John Stewart is exactly why I don't listen to celebrities. Colbert's literally doing it. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who is dealing with nerve damage because we th- what we think happened was he was given bad medical a- advice. What, what, I guess what they're saying is that you, you, you need a doctor to tell you if you can get the vaccine. For most people, there's no issues. But if you've had COVID within a certain time frame, there may be an adverse reaction. Don't ask. Don't don't come to me for advice. I'm telling you a story about my friend. You talk to your doctor to get sound medical advice, right? But I'll tell you this. My my friend didn't get that advice. He's now learning about this after the fact, and he's dealing with nerve damage in his arms and legs. I'm not trying to freak people out or plan any conspiracy or anything like that. I'm just saying maybe you shouldn't go to Stephen Colbert or Joe Rogan for your medical advice. Maybe if Jon Stewart wants to make a political point about a lab in China, it has nothing to do with whether or not he's advising you to take medication. Yeah. They want to come out and claim that Joe Rogan, for, for making his comments about vaccines, saying if you're young, this is what Joe Rogan said. He said if you were young, you shouldn't get it. I don't think Joe should be giving advice. I don't. Probably not, yeah. I don't think Dr. Fauci should either because regular people have very specific medical needs their doctor needs to inform them of. Inform them of. So if Colbert is going to come out and do a commercial for Big Pharma and vaccines, it's on the same level as Joe Rogan doing the same thing. You need to talk to a doctor. And if you don't like their opinion, you get a second opinion, you get a third opinion. And I always tell people this, make sure you're not getting a political opinion. I think that's important. and I But I do think that the left has been shilling for Big Pharma for quite a long time. They're very interested in promoting all kinds of drugs and turning children who are gender dysphoric into lifelong medical patients. Yeah. Uh, this has been going on for quite a while. They were pushing the um, antidepressants for kids and pushing the you know, focus medication for kids. They've been doing this for decades. How can, how can anyone trust Big Pharma after the opioid epidemic? 
that That's ripped it. through and destroyed middle America that that is still causing severe effects. I mean, but it's not yeah. just the Democrats. It's also the Republicans. I mean, Donald Trump wanted to call the COVID-19 vaccine the Trump scene. Right. And he's the one that authorized emergency uh, use of this. He's the one that, that pushed for this. He's the one that wanted, you know, to be congratulated by Pfizer. But you also had Kamala Harris and Andrew Cuomo both saying in the fall that basically they were skeptical, they were skeptical of the vaccines. And then as soon as Joe Biden becomes president, exactly. it's, you know, everybody roll up your sleeve. Yeah. Can I just uh, read a story for you guys? Go for it. This is from The Guardian, Friday, 23, May 2003. Bayer Division knowingly sold HIV-infected protein. Yep. So I I, 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 I'll put it this way. Look, I'm not a doctor. I don't have all the answers. Uh, I can't tell people what to do. That's why I always say you got to go to a doctor. There are a lot of people that tell me, like, oh, I don't trust my doctor. And I'm like, dude, if you don't trust your doctor, then I don't know who you trust. Like, you go to a different doctor and you don't trust them. The fact is, when I go to the doctor and they prescribe me some weird name, I don't know what that is. I'll Google it or look it up because ultimately you're responsible for your own health. But we're talking about massive multinational corporations, and they're more concerned with their bottom line. They don't exist to save you. They exist to make money and sell a product. When we can look at history and see Bayer knowingly sold HIV-infected protein, I think it's fair to say you're not you're allowed to be skeptical of massive multinational corporations. Yeah. Well, you should least. be skeptical of that, of course, across the board, no matter what it is that they're selling. Yeah. Well, they're criminal institutions. If you look at some of the big pharma agencies, I don't even want to mention because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but if you look at some of the big pharma agencies that are behind some of the medical procedures here, a lot of them have been previously charged with bribery corruption have been heavily fined and have been caught buying off doctors to push for policies along with politicians that mainly benefited them and when you look at i mean a lot of people really do not understand the severity of the opioid epidemic and the level of of horrendous horrible addictions that it caused all throughout middle america and that story is underreported significantly because if you even just drive around you see entire cities with doctors that were paid off that absolutely ravaged and destroyed them I, from the from the very up. I got I got to read the story. Sorry. I I'm yeah, no, no, no. interrupt, but uh, Luke brought the story before we started. From ABC News, 899 people got expired vaccine doses at Times Square site. Health officials say 899 people received expired COVID-19 vaccine doses. Okay, I, they just repeat the headline. But anyway, it's from the it's from <laughs> ABC News reporting from the AP and that, that's basically it. They say ATC Vaccination Services, the company that administered the shots under contract to the city, said in a statement, we apologize for the inconvenience to those receiving the vaccine in question and want people first and foremost to know that we have been advised that there is no danger from the vaccine they received. That's good news. I think what they're saying is that basically it's just ineffective, like because it was expired, people basically so just got So the expired nothing. part was like it was thawed for too long? Is that the idea? I don't, I don't know exactly. Well, Maybe. But the, the, the reason I read the story is... I don't like the idea that we do these like in front of 7-Eleven medical, you know, uh, procedures. It's like there's a reason why you go to a doctor and ask for advice. They, they go to school yeah. for this. They're not perfect people. They're regular people, but they specialize in certain fields. Yeah. You don't like their opinion. You can always get a second opinion. But when you show up to one of these like this was a pop up in Times Square. That was the former NFL experience. <laughs> this right. is literally it. And, and the employees there couldn't look at the expiration date, which is on the product. I mean, that just how can you people have trust? I think you're on to something, too. You know, like you're saying, you know, it's it's important to have a relationship with your doctor and it's important to consult your doctor and make a decision. You know, that's 
and this is coming from a Canadian, you know, I think Americans, there's a certain decadence to the superiority of the American medical system from any other in the world. And, and it's, I think it's lost on a lot of Americans. You know, big pharma, and I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying about the opioid epidemic is horrific. And there have been so many, there have been so many issues with big pharma, and I'm not, like, you know, I've heard the stories and I'm not discounting them, and that's important and fair. But there's also a level of personal responsibility that comes into taking medication, you know, and I'm not blaming people who are addicted to heroin for their addiction to heroin, but, but I mean, well, I should say I'm not blaming, what, all I'm trying to say is <laughs> big pharma, big pharma is important. Big pharma cures cancer. Big pharma, you know, finds polio vaccines too. You know, they're not just pushing a sketchy, rushed, you know. Well, that was, that was Salk, right? And he gave it away for free, didn't he? He did, yeah. But and just he, did not, well, he did not hold that patent. Like, there's but something to be said for a privatized drug industry because I the amount of R and D, the amount of break, like the breakthroughs that come out of the United States, are what keeps the the rest of the world yeah, afloat. Yeah. I, 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 I think there's the, something to be said. For you're you're yeah, right. Just weighing what you're taking, but not necessarily demonizing the people just making whatever and trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know what? I, I'm going to walk by those statements and say big big pharma is is our friend. Um, we should never criticize them ever in any way. I just, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean that they don't deserve all the flack, you know. They no, do they, they do. They, they deserve to at least be held accountable, <laughs> and they haven't been because they've been getting slaps on the wrist and just small fines compared to their profits for the horrible things that they did. Yes, they do some good things, but, but when you allow big companies to get away with such horrendous, treacherous acts where people who are unsuspecting, people who are trusting, people who believe in the establishment get punished the most for it, you need some ramifications where the executive who made sure that the HIV strain got out there because he wanted to make a buck, that he, he goes to jail. Not that his company gets a slap on the wrist, gets a little bit of money. He needs to be personally held responsible for his actions, and none of that has happened. So you don't, well, of course, you don't, don't think yeah. you don't think pharmaceutical companies could be like limited liability companies? Are they? What is the law regarding pharmaceutical Big Pharma companies? has no liability when it comes to this vaccine. So if you you take it, you get hurt. All the responsibility about, afterwards is on you as an individual. What about, that's a corruption what about issue. Other, like, corruption's disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. And there hasn't been any big ramifications with that entire industry well, that, that, that have been significant, and that's why they keep doing it. And unless you hold them accountable, they're going to do another opioid epidemic because they got away with it in the first place. A well, lot of this, I think, is also on the insurance companies. Of course. And we've seen a complete you know, decimation of the whole health insurance situation with the ACA because I don't know if you guys have ever – bought your insurance on any of the um you know ACA exchanges but it's like every year you buy a plan and then at the end of and then you like try and figure out what doctors take it you try and figure out what your deductible is which is usually ridiculous you can't actually ever get to a doctor it takes a long time to get an appointment and then the following year it turns out your plan has been discontinued and you have to buy something else yeah. and every time you have to go through a whole qualification process like, I, I was trying to buy insurance this year, and it turned out to be, like, they want income verification, and I work for a Canadian company, and I'm like, I don't even have what you want. Wow. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. The whole system was a mess. And then they put my sons in. They were like, oh, this is connected to your son's, you know, state plan, because he's on, like, Child Health Plus with New York State, which I'm happy about. But now they're trying to link that, and they're like, I need income verification for that. And I'm like, no. Like, just insure my kid. I'm paying you. Yeah. Well, uh... Let's uh, let's let's jump to the bad news, I guess. To all more bad news. Oh yeah, it's a different kind of bad news for all the people that think, you know what? <laughs> I don't live in these cities. 
I don't care what New York does. I don't care what California does. I've been saying that. I'm like, hey, look, I live in the middle of nowhere. Well, here you go, everybody. The blue state exodus. Americans fled New York and California for Republican states of Arizona, Idaho, and the Sun Belt to escape lockdowns and skyrocketing crime. So the people who voted in these these crooks and criminals and the Democrats who bring about failed policies and all those who overlap will now be coming to where you live and voting for those exact same things. So They are going to vote the same. Yep. And I think this goes back to what I was saying, because I will stand by this. I think that the liberals have a sense that they have a moral high ground. I think they believe in their morality. I don't think... Uh, I, I just don't, I don't think so. I think they do. I think some, maybe. I think that's the ethos. I mean, I don't know about, you know, for example, Joy Reid or whoever else uh, in the media, but individuals that I speak to who are on the left are pretty sure that their empathy and compassion-based approaches to, you know, politics I, I, and whatever are exactly right, that I, this is the moral perspective to have. I, I disagree. I think they're paranoid, delusional psychopaths who hold con- uh, 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 different paradoxical moral, moral views that make no sense, such as... They, they do s- make no sense. I'm not saying their there's, moral there's, baseline there's, there's, makes there's sense. There's no moral framework. Like, no, it's not effective. But no, they no, believe no, 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 no. it. There's no, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think you can say they believe things that contradict each other because then one contradicts the other. Like when they come out and say stop Asian hate and we need to end, end these things. And then you point out that the specific attack they're highlighting. So, so, for example, they did a march to end white nationalism yes, because I, a black man attacked yes. an Asian guy. That's correct. How can you have a moral framework when they're like, it's, it's. There was an article that came out shortly after that that defined, um, you know, a black person attacking an Asian person as white supremacy because of ingrained white supremacy. Yeah. But that's that's et cetera, that's. Et cetera. I'm imagining trying to build. I'm a, saying a system they believe it, whether they whether it's it's. But it's, it's like, but logical, that, but that's, logical that's, or not. That's I mean, like, that's what makes it a religion. It's not logical. I I understand what you're saying about belief, but I don't think belief is the right word because if you show them a picture of a of a of a blue cube. And say, what color is this? And they say red. And then you, you, and then you say, close your eyes and open your eyes. Now, what color is it? They say green. How do they believe it's both red and green at the same time when it's blue? You see my point? I mean, are there four lights? I mean, it's it's like, it's not, it's not belief. It's like, it's, 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 it's something else. It's zealotry. It's blind faith that whatever they're doing makes sense even when it doesn't. They don't believe one thing. They don't believe that you should stop Asian hate when they cheer for the beating of Andy No. That's they correct. Don't, they don't. They don't. They don't want to end white nationalism. But they think they do. I. I don't. I think. Or maybe even more. They feel they do. I. The reason I disagree. I. I. I agree to a certain extent, but if if the if the thing they believe in changes every minute, how can you say they believe it? Because I think they do. But how can they? So it's like if you ask them, do you think? You're saying how can people have the kind of cognitive dissonance that makes them believe in a complete moral fallacy? No, no, no. How can you say someone believes that uh, Asians are oppressed when literally a minute after they say it, you ask them again and they'll say they're not oppressed? So, so clearly the second time they say something totally different, contradictory to what they said before, they can't believe the first thing or the second thing. Or they're just not actually thinking anything through with any kind of framework. Yeah. So I, there's no belief structure there. That's it's what literally I'm just my I tribe. It's a structure. I don't you're think my it's a enemy structure. and I will I fight you. I think that there's a righteousness and I think that there's a feeling of moral superiority. I, th- I don't I, think it checks out. I think it's actually much more simple. They don't believe anything other than you are the enemy. And if you approach them, and say anything that falls outside of their cult, they'll just say, no matter what it is, I'll agree with it if it means I'm opposed to you. Right. But 
how are we supposed to have a dialogue with these people? You don't. Cons- but they're can- half the country. Like, aren't we pretty much like split? It was like 75 million voted for Trump and like 80, 81. 81 million voted for Biden or something like that. Most, mo- so most how are we supposed to deal with this? I mean, do you really think that we're looking at a future where we're going to have a, an America that's divided? Yes. I mean, we already are. Yeah. Like we're looking at a Why story. Why can't we try and imagine a better future than that? Well, I think there's realism and idealism. We have the, the story we literally pulled up is that people are fleeing s- s- states for other states. What's happening in a lot of ways, if you look at like New York during the pandemic, is that the wealthy people of means flee to the suburbs and they flee to red, red states. Now, many of them may actually start and probably will start voting for Democrat policies. But the people in California who like the, the, their tribe and, and their strange moral shifting sands will stay there. Gavin Newsom can violate all the lockdowns, can be found in the in the fancy restaurant with no mask on, and they stand by him simply because that's what they're supposed to do. Fauci can change his answer every other day, and he did, and they'll stand by him because our tribe is the right tribe. The divide is becoming so insane that right now you there's no agreement on what reality even is. No, there's that's very peculiar. You you yeah. ask someone on the left, no one even knows what the what men and women are anymore. Exactly. And I go to my friends and I'll say, I see a post on my Facebook from someone I've known from, you know, when I was growing up in Chicago. And they'll say, look at this insurrection in, in, in D.C. and all that. And I'll talk to them and say, I hear you. It was bad. What are your what's your opinion on the Antifa BLM riots? And they say, what riots? Right. They uh, say literally a year of people yeah. in every major city and even small towns smashing up windows. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. That never happened. Stuff is still going down in Minneapolis, I think. It is absolutely drive-by uh, shootings, Seattle, Portland. But I think there was like, there have been like riots and stuff in Minneapolis recently. Yeah, Portland, just Seattle even as well. com- yeah, yeah I mean, just even coming in, I saw like there's a bunch of demonstrations in Midtown Manhattan, and police are yeah. like on Twitter, stay away from the demonstration in yeah. Midtown Manhattan. In my opinion, what's happening right now is, is sort of what happened in Orwell, and I think this is plan organized insanity chaos where the ruling elites get order out of chaos. And just like in 1984, they had people admit that two plus two equals five. There's literally people arguing on Twitter that 2 plus 2 equals 5 right now no because joke. math is sexist and that's not even a joke and and uh, I actually had your article that you mentioned up ready to talk about this before you even brought it up and this was an article that Yahoo News published that was titled White Supremacy is the Root of All Race-Related Violence in the United States yep. and it says the in one. there quote so when a black person attacks an Asian person, the encounter is fueled perhaps by racism, but very specifically by white supremacy. White supremacy does not require a white person to perpetrate it. It's uh, a cult. Yeah, it's, it's insanity. Well, that's it. Like that's what I'm thinking. Like it doesn't. There doesn't need to be continuity in it, right? Because like people have this yearning to like be part of something, and people have this yearning to be part of something bigger than them, and it doesn't always need to have all the answers in order to provide those services for what they're looking for. Like This is way more than a political ideology. This is like a lifestyle. This it's, is like a mindset. It's a religion. It's a community. It's a religion. Absolutely. It's, a religion. Like, it's serving all the purposes. Too. And like if you talk to somebody, like, and I'm not, like, if you talk to somebody who's really religious and you show them, you know, dinosaur bones, right? There are a million different answers, depending on who you talk to, that justify and reconcile the religion with the dinosaur bones, even if it totally undermines what they're saying. It doesn't matter. They were put there to test us. Exactly. That's common. And so, you know, and at least religion comes by it honestly. At least religion is like, I'm a religion. But this is different because it's a political ideology and it has to do with wielding power and it has to do with policy and it affects all of us. Like, at least religious people are chilling, like. They're not bothering you. Oh, oh. The Catholic Church po- certainly used to be like that, though. I mean, 
Fair enough. But like I in mean, Quebec especially, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, of course. But I just mean like this is a Democrat. Like this is a major party. Now, now I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I grew up in an era when the moral uh, religious, uh, you know, conservatives were, you know, pushing religion and pushing this, this ideology. And uh, it wasn't this bad because I'll, I'll tell you this. As much as I can say I believe in a separation of church and state, I don't think we should have religion in schools or whatever. One of the problems we have right now is that the, the cult of woke, whatever whatever these people are, it doesn't even matter what their moral framework is or what their beliefs are. They don't have one, by the way. It's shifting sands. But it's just whatever their tribe says is right. It's, 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 it's right no matter what. It is a religion. And how do you separate what they what their religion is from government and from schools? The other thing I'll mention is, at the very least— the moral framework from the, the, the Judeo-Christian values that have created you know, a lot of this country, they provide for innocence until guilt is proven. They provide for a lot of the rights that we have, God-given rights. Now, not, I'm not a big fa- fan of any specific religion or, or theism or anything like that, but I can certainly look at one religion where they're like, okay, you get a Fifth Amendment. The other group, the other religion says, we don't care if you're guilty or not. We're going to burn you at the stake. That's actually the joke we make about the Salem witch trials. If, you know, what, what's the Monty Python thing? If she floats, then she weighs the same as a duck and also a wood weight. Like, it made no sense. They were condemning you without due process. If she floats, she's yeah. a witch. And if she drowns, she's innocent. Well, that was the actual. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. the actual thing. If she drowns, she's innocent. <laughs> and what, what, what they're doing yeah. now with cancel culture, they've yeah. become religious moral zealots. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, the Bible, too, because sorry, if you, like, without the Enlightenment, we never get rid of slavery. Yeah. Another thing we should acknowledge here is that the Bible is currently being written through social media algorithms. And I do think social media algorithms are making people go insane. And that's another aspect we really have to entertain here. Because ever since we had the onset of social media, we had self-harm suicides, depressions, anxiety, panic attacks, other mental disorders drastically go up. And I think, you know, we're trying to understand the, 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 the madness. It's madness. It's insanity. It's people who are not well off, who are off of their rocker, who are saying if a black person attacks an Asian person, it's white people who are responsible for this, which is utterly crazy to even think about. It's people arguing two plus two equals five. Literally, these people, you know, are not in right in the head. They've been institutionalized. They've been going along with what society expects of them, what is planned by them, by the elites, going to school, going into their indoctrination camps, going in through watching the television paying attention to social media and not even getting a point of view out of, out of that control grid that is shaping these minds to be where they are right now, where there's, there's you know, people talking about fat phobia being racist. There's toddlers twerking in New York City, it, a place where six people were shot last night. And the mayor right now, his major initiative is regulating scooters. Let's 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 talk Which, about where I this. Mean, come on, those are really annoying. I love scooters. Let's, let's talk about where this ideology <laughs> ideology the, leads us. The I thing, w- the one thing though, I would like to say is a uh, so. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this: for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. 
If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. All of this woke religion comes after the decimation of mainstream Christianity. And I think it shows us that society wants religion. Yeah, definitely. And society yeah. wants a religion. And if we don't actually embark upon the creation of religion in a in a in a reasonable way we're going to end up with complete batshit madness well let's yep. let's let's talk about and where we where end we up end with up that anyway still we <laughs> have the story from fox multi-state shooting spree was racially motivated suspect was targeting white men oh this guy. gunman allegedly said i had to have him about one of the shooting victims what happens when you have a psychotic and irresponsible or corrupt so just get corrupt media infrastructure where many of these people know they're lying. How do I know they know they're lying? Because I worked for some of these companies. I've spoken with the higher ups of these companies who flat out said, this is what we do. We just side with the audience. Give them what they want to hear. You end up with paranoid, delusional, psychotic individuals. And you end up with people whose lives are garbage going on a shooting spree, targeting white people simply because he says that all my life, my problems were caused by these white people. They're bullies. So he just had to go out and do it. And then when you see Black Lives Matter burning down buildings and destroying cities, the media lies about it. When you see Antifa engaging in a year-long campaign of mass destruction and rioting, low-level terror across the country, the media lies about it. And then what do you get from your federal government? You get U.S. lays out plan to confront white supremacist violence. What? I read CNN and Fox News, okay? I read all these left-wing outlets and right-wing outlets, and I couldn't tell you how many times there's been literal white supremacist violence. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you specific instances. I could, I, could, I could name tons of different instances where the left is engaged in overt political terroristic violence. Oh, I get it. What's that, Reuters? They have a picture of the Capitol. What else do you, what else do you have? That's it. The, yeah, I mean, a lot of times, too, these things that are, are that are labeled as white supremacy, there's no evidence of white supremacy. And the only way that you can say that they're that the left can claim that they're white supremacist is by going with this idea of unconscious bias. So we don't have any evidence that says, you know, Chauvin was being white supremacist when he killed George Floyd in Minneapolis last year. But this is now touted as a white supremacist thing. The people who were involved in the Capitol riot, most of them were, what, like bankrupt primarily. This is what we're seeing with, uh, I was mentioning this, this crazy guy who's like screaming, Ron DeSantis banning critical race theory is, is, is fascism. Oh, geez. They're conflating classical liberalism mm -hmm. with fascism on purpose. Any authority that, is, that, that can be used as an example of fascism will be, even when it's not. Authority is not bad. It's not, it's not inherently evil. Uh, exploitation of an, uh, of an authority position is a bad thing. But a cop issuing an arrest? No. If you violate the social construct, the, 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 the agreements we have with one another, then you face the penalties of that. That's the thing. Like, if you, re if you read, like, the really, like, woke rags that talk about this stuff, the way they define white supremacy is, like, really innocuous elements of Western culture, like being on time and... Right. Like <laughs> objective, yeah, like objective thinking, objective and, reality yeah. is considered to be white supremacy. No, literally, and the, down no, a job. but the thing that like just <laughs> triggers me so much about this is like growing up after nine eleven and like 
watching this happen with Islam where where like Wahhabi Islam was conflated with Islam and then that was used as a precursor to do whatever like the Pentagon and like intelligence agencies wanted to do wherever they wanted to do it and we were all freaked out and didn't know what we were looking at and believed them and trusted them and kind of gave them carte blanche to do whatever and this like just totally triggers me because it brings me right back to listening to newscasts in 2002, 2003, and I can just hear it, but you've switched out the terms, and I feel like we're careening toward carte blanche on Western culture. We, we, we're being instead gutted. Instead of the Middle East. We're, we're, we're being gutted of core classical liberal American values. This this play from the Biden administration to target domestic terrorism right. is that they're just going after, they're like, we're going after militias. Right. What they've started doing in the media is they started saying, if you are a right wing group that believes in bearing arms and being a militia, you're white supremacist. Yeah. Even though it's like ridiculous, many of these guys just are like, yay, America. Now the federal government is going to start spying on these people and going after them and bring the war on terror to our soil. That's exactly what I was getting at. That's and exactly we're going to end right. up with mass surveillance of Americans. Wow. Yeah, we already we're had there. that. And the war yeah. on terror is literally turning domestic uh, right now as we're speaking. Glenn Greenwald wrote an article today that is titled, The New Domestic War on Terror Has Already Begun, Even Without the New Laws Biden Wants. And what you brought up about this latest operation, a multi-agency operation by the U.S. government, it's also going to be working very closely with social media companies. And their main goal is to ID prosecute and to deter white supremacy and militia members uh and and again those are extremely vague terms who do you consider a militia who do you consider a white supremacist we've seen those terms bastardized we see those terms almost become meaningless because of how many times it was used on absolute nonsense and and did the government specify exactly what groups what specific individuals will be targeted here nope they're keeping it very vague which means that they could use this big power grab to do whatever they want and that's exactly what they did with 9-11 they used this whole war on terror objective to go after the american people they set up the infrastructure they set up the jails they set up the cameras they set up the gun pointed at the american people and now it looks like they're going to be acting on it and it's it should terrify people especially with what the atf is doing as well it also it makes you glad that mitch mcconnell kept merrick garland out of the supreme court because Yeah. He's going to be out as soon as Biden's out. But if he was in the Supreme Court, he'd be there for the rest of his life. We, uh, that is absolutely 100% correct. I think we need nonviolent civil disobedience and mass noncompliance. What does that look like? That looks like people in conservative areas not spending money on companies that hate them, that support any of the stuff. So you're calling to use leftist tactics against the left. Is it, is it a leftist tactic to be mass, like... Mass corporate boycotts? That's what, I mean, I don't see any problem with that. I, think I don't that, think it's a leftist tactic. No, I think it's interesting because we were looking at this with regard to critical race theory, too. There was an article in NBC today about how, um, you know, parents should not... You know, parents' groups are basically funded by dark money and conservative think tanks, and that's why they're going after school boards to try and get rid of critical race theory in schools. And they're sort of decrying this, and it's like... Yeah, we're using your grassroots tactics now. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I don't think it's leftist though, because uh, I don't think it as I don't I don't think of it as an organized effort. I think it's quite literally just don't buy Coca Cola. I started I jokingly bought RC. Not that like the parent company for RC is. I didn't buy those. I did. Yeah, why did you buy those? Breaking the rules. I just need Coke. Sorry. <laughs> no, you see, this is the problem. Coke literally has woke indoctrination, yes, and you <laughs> when you go to the store, you just don't care. And so what happens is we are passively, I bought RC Cola 
and I bought a small business like uh, uh, pure cane sugar, not high fructose I corn syrup trash. Pops, they're well, cute. So yeah. there's also Pepsi over there, to be honest. That's but true. this this is the problem. Coke can do it, and conservatives just don't care. They don't care, and they're willing to keep throwing their money at people who hate them. Well, it's kind of hard. I mean. Honestly, I agree with you, obviously. I totally agree with what you're saying, and that's fair. You know, you vote with your dollar, but it's just exhausting to be so wound up all the time. You know, it's exhausting to have to think about what and, like, keep up with what. Like, at one point, I wanted to boycott Netflix. I forget what my, like, grievance was at the time. It was a couple years ago. No, no, no. It was way, way predated. Big Mouth. I don't remember. They did. They produced some kind of probably, like, something that I figured with propaganda and decided I was done with Netflix. And, 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 and it's just exhausting. Because oh, was you, it the cuties? Is that what you just no, said? No, 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 no way before. But, and like, and you know, you start kind of like building up a repertoire of companies that you're just not dealing with anymore. And at a certain point you end up just kind of hurting yourself just because giving in. No. Just, just, just giving up and giving in. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. it's exhausting. When, uh, um, uh, yes, the fight against tyranny is exhausting. And I, I guess most people eventually just say, I'd rather not fight at all. Please, master, just give me a piece of cheese and I will do whatever you say. <laughs> That's what's happening. That the corp- is, yeah. we, well. we watched our government shut down and destroy small businesses, mass print money, devaluing our own savings. And then we were forced to shop at big box stores and Amazon while our opinions were filtered through the machine of social media with insane garble nonsense. Now, I will say, living in, a, in, in Brooklyn, in a heavily immigrant community, I was still able to shop at local businesses that were owned by families in the neighborhood. Yeah, that's a good during thing. During the pandemic. And I appreciate that. What we're trying, so a lot of people are like, Tim, why are you still on Twitter then? Uh, look, we're trying to leverage the networks to the best of our abilities to get people to go to timcast.com to build a website, to hire people, to build stuff there. Basically, I'll put it this way. It is the exodus. We're not going to just cut off our nose to spite our face. We're going to say, okay, we will use what we can of the system we have, but we're packing our bags and leaving. That's part of the process. That's why we're setting up more and more at TimCast.com. That's why we're doing our own original articles, because I'm trying to get away from the broken system and build something on our own. It's not something you can do, you can do overnight, but we can get started. Okay, so to be fair, maybe you don't stop. You don't start by boycotting literally everything on the planet, but stick to it. I canceled my Disney Plus because of the, the, uh, the, the thanking of the Xin, uh, Xinjiang uh, paramilitary group that was has the Uyghur Muslims. I'm like, I'm not going to support that. Granted, Unfortunately, to be completely honest, I paid for a year up front. So, but I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I don't have Netflix and I don't have Hulu. I'm just, I'm done. Like, uh, Hulu did something about cultural appropriation. And there was a period where I was like, I'm not going to boycott. I don't care about this. I don't want to get involved. And then I changed and I said, look, if your company wants to get involved in the culture war, by all means, go ahead and do it. I'm out. I don't want to play that game. So I bought, jokingly, RC Cola, but RC's parent company, I believe, signed on to the statement about Georgia's voting laws. It's like, it's really hard to get away from. The thing with the voting laws is infuriating because you have celebrities coming out and the, you know, full president coming out saying that these are Jim Crow laws. And if you actually take a look at the bills, they are merely rescinding the pandemic era you know, allowances to make voting easier specifically due to pandemic restrictions. So it's not that they're Jim Crow. I mean, obviously they're not Jim Crow laws and they're, (laughs) they're not limiting voting. In fact, in a, in several of these cases, they are expanding early voting. They're just pulling the things that are ripe for fraud. They're just taking more and more. 
And uh, unfortunately for the right, or whatever you want to call it, left and right is meaningless in a lot of ways, the left, we'll use it as a tribal signifier, is just really good at this. And the right is really, really bad at it. Well, it's because we've ceded culture to the left, and that has to stop. We have to, right. I mean, it's like you were talking about. You're making your own culture. Um, you're making your own cultural products. The Daily Wire is doing that. Yep. Um, the, the book that I'm writing is about you know, how to make a conservative culture movement. And I have a lot of great ideas on how to do that. I'm actually super excited about it. But this is what people need to be doing. Look at Gina Carano. You know, she's out there just like, I don't need your, I don't need your Mandalorian. I can do my we, own projects. We need to get to the point where we can be self-sustaining with our own versions of, of products that work. Maybe the solution is someone should start a cola company that's not Coke and they can call it Conserva Cola. I don't know, something dumb and really obvious. And Twitter can go create their own Nigeria. Absolutely. I understand the problem is that, yeah, when you try to make your own Twitter or network, we try to escape the system and build your own companies. They come after you and shut you down. We we've, started, Yeah, we've we, totally seen that. We started a vlog, Cast Castle. And the reason I, the, the way I explain to people is it's very simple. We got a video where we're like skating in, in the garage skate park. There's a Gadsden flag in the background. That way, some young person who's watching the fun skate video with some, you know, pro BMXer or pro skateboarder, they'll see that. They'll recognize it. And then when their teacher lies to them and is teaching critical race theory garbage and says the Gadsden flag is white supremacist, they'll say, that's not true. I watch a guy on YouTube who's got that. You're lying. That's what they did with PewDiePie. When the media kept trying to claim PewDiePie was racist and all that, he had a legion of fans saying, that's not true. You're lying about PewDiePie. I'm mm -hmm. a fan. So we got to build culture. We can't just sit here and be like, it's bad they did this. We've got to do something else. So you know what? I'm actually going to – gonna we, we've been planning this for a while to do our own sodas. We're nice. going to have our own Tim Cass sodas. You, you, you call uh, these, these companies. They do formulas. Then, the, then, then uh, they, they will make a specific flavor and then send it to a manufacturing plant. Super – like they're not very big corporations that do it. That's and even then, better. And then we're going to have our own soda. And then I'll get a little little vending machine and we'll, we'll make Luke's, Luke's old-timey sarsaparilla. How's that sound, Luke? Or butter beer. Luke's, Luke's old-timey <laughs> butter beer. There you go. Harry Potter fan, right? Yeah. I, I was just in Orlando, so. Uh, Why? You, did you, you do went the, to the Harry Potter? Did you go? I, I, it was awesome. Confession. Did you go? It's a confession. Yes, I did. What's it was butter, so what great. Is, what is I butter beer? It, it, awesome. it, they have to put, like, crack in there or something because it's, it's good. It's what is good. it? It's, it's this beer that's uh, butterscotch and just soda. It's not really beer. There's no – most beers like have fluoride soda? in it. There's no alcohol or fluoride in it, I hope. Uh, but it's just um, – yeah, I, I, it's my guilty – Thing that Butterscotch I soda? Yeah, that, it, it was good, and the, the rides were fun. They and were so fun. I, I was a normie. <laughs> I was a normie for a little bit. I had and, so much fun doing that with my kid. I we know. got the wand and we did the whole. Yeah, that it, was it, awesome. it was fun. That was fun. Sorry. Well, Sorry, go, I'm going off topic here. Awesome. Yeah. Watch. Um, you you know people can do. It's like uh, buy books from uh, writers. Michael Knowles' book came out. You've got Andy Knowles' book, Unmasked. You've got Michael Malice's book. You've got uh, Jack Posobiec's book. Buy those books so that on Amazon they, they hit the top of the charts. Tell like sh show people. And another thing too is like on YouTube when they when they thumbs down these videos and the White House is forced to take down their ranking system and comments. That makes a statement. But you know it, it's things like that. that, that that's good. There's got to be more to it. Voting with your dollars is very important. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's funny when you watch the uh, YouTube videos of the White House press conferences. 
and there, there's so many less viewers than there were <laughs> yeah. like a year ago well, <laughs> or an, two years ago even. You know? Another aspect that's Funny. critically important is, is voting with your attention, deciding what you will incentivize. Are you going to turn on Netflix or are you going to turn on independent media? Are you going to go after and seek it and seek information that, of course, is going to be valuable? No one said personal responsibility was easy. Personal responsibility is about learning yourself the importance of, of liberty, of, of freedom, of being reliable on yourself. And, and that journey is, is an amazing one. You could, you could live a journey where you could literally live in a pod, eat the bugs, be a total slave of the establishment, be you know imprisoned by the algorithm in your own head, or you could live a life of exploring, discovering. And when you truly do put yourself on this path, which starts with your ideas, with you just deciding to think about good, beautiful, positive things that you could have for yourself. When you put yourself on this pathway, life is so much more adventurous. It's so much more awesome. It's so much more amazing. Yes, it's easy to sit on your butt, be a couch potato, eat your GMO, Monsanto, corn down your pie hole. You could do that all you want. You know, it's does not any- that easy because it makes you depressed. Does, exactly. anybody, does anybody watch zombie movies and just go, man, I wish I was the zombie? Yeah. That's, that's apparently what's happening yeah. right now with so many people in these cities. Wow. It's, yeah. it's not easy. It's institutionalized. It's, it's what people are expected to do. And when they are in there, they're miserable. And when they're mm-hmm. miserable, when they're depressed, when they have then anxiety, they then they, they need to buy more useless crap yeah. to fill the empty void within themselves. And that's why I think there's been such a huge agenda to break up the family unit, to make sure that people are individualized, to make sure that they're going to be easily uh, prey well, for the you, larger corporate establishment. Once you break up the family unit, which is a natural grouping, right? Once you break that up, you can siphon individuals into separate identity groups, and then you can work on equity between groups, and then that's how we have Marxist infiltration of American democracy. Exactly, and that's why a lot of Marxist organizations, even BLM, officially called for breaking up the family unit yeah, because it's integral to yeah. let their brainwashing Mao get did through that. to individuals. Stalin did that. This exactly. Is, this is how you do it. First, you make it so that you don't have any idea who you can trust. Yeah. And that's why in Poland they attacked the churches. The churches mm-hmm. were very instrumental with fighting back against communism, which my family was a part of doing. And and the, the family unit, I think a lot of people are, have it misconstrued. Yes, there's, there's a lot of bad things, but it's not like they weren't there before. We're just realizing that this exists. The veil is unraveling, and what it is, it's providing an opportunity for people to actually see the world for what it is and not become victim of the larger traps laid out in front of them. And I think this is an amazing thing that's happening, and I think people are finally deciding, waking up, and making the decisions that are right for themselves. And and if they're not, I mean, personal responsibility means you're responsible for yourself, and I think we need to teach people that more and incentivize and make people understand that at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself and nobody else is and no one's going to come to help you. No one's going to go out of their way to, to, to uh, make sure you're in a good position un- unless you do it for yourself. Let's go to Super Chats. My friends, if you haven't already, smash that like button. It really does help. Subscribe to this channel and go to TimCast.com. Become a member. I know uh, everybody's super excited. I mentioned this yesterday. I was like, we do have a new editor-in-chief coming in. You're all big fans. She's going to do a great job, but I'm not going to say who it is. Everybody immediately tweeted at Cassandra. They're like, we know it's you. We know you're friends with him. We know this is going to be you doing this. Cassandra does a really great job writing legit news. The left hates her because of her opinions on Twitter. I don't care. When you look at the stories she actually writes, they're fleshed out. They're fact-based. They're cited. She does a great job. We're going to be bringing on a bunch of other reporters, and it's going to be fantastic. And everyone's going to serve as a sort of a check and balance on on each other. But we are going to have a fact checker, not even in this building, that we're going to be hiring, who's going to be in a different building. That way, when we write something, 
we that they then see the articles published and they'll go through it and fact check it. That's what newsroom's supposed to do. You're supposed to have an independent fact checker challenging what your own staff are writing. So you can complain all day and night about the individuals working here, but we're going to have a separate unit that does fact checking as well. It's going to be fantastic. And it's because you guys are members at TimCast.com. We're able to do this. My favorite is how they're desperate to lie. Someone, someone tweeted that I was trying to sell my house to get a loan or like get a home loan to pay for it. Not true. This is all coming because people signed up to become members. And now we have the capital to do it. We don't need big, fat, you know, fat cat Silicon Valley or New York investment firms. Now we're totally independent, baby. And we're going to be able to hire great people who do great work. And it's going to be awesome. Thanks to you. So again, smash that like button. Let's read some of these super chats. We got Savulstig says, breaking 1986, Chernobyl school with physics lab to blame for radioactive fallout. To say anything else is to deny science. Yeah, as we know that when Chernobyl happened, they, the Soviet Union was lying about it. And then we were like, yo, there's like radioactive particles everywhere. Something's happening. Yeah, but they lied. They're radioactive spiders. They're, like the, wait, wait, wait. They're right now? In, in Chernobyl. Right the, now there are spiders? Yeah, there are so spiders. You, if you want to be Spider-Man, you're saying I should. <laughs> I think that's a good start. You'll, you'll, they, you'll the, just get sick if they bite you. Don't, don't the, do that. The spiders have different, um, the spiders that all have specific patterns have different patterns after Chernobyl. Oh, yeah. Whoa, crazy. It's creepy, man. Elated Echo says, can't wait for Cassandra. Very excited. Screw the jerk that's dragging her. We want her here. Love you all. So if you actually read her articles, they're like really straightforward. You know, sometimes she'll write something where it's like, Alex, you know, like, a, you know, some hyperbole in it, but that's whatever. But the stuff she's written for the site so far on, on like day one, it's all just like very straightforward quotes explaining what's happening. And it's really good work. So they don't like it. And that's probably why she's really feisty on Twitter. But, you know, that's too bad for them. All right. Jonathan Galtarini says, Luke, cult, cult, cult. Let's go. LOL. LukeUncensored.com. The physicality channel says these streams aren't live. This is like the craziest conspiracy theory. It's my favorite. I love it. Yeah, they think the streams aren't live for some reason. I don't How know. How can why. we prove it? I don't know. I'm like I'm reading super chats. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty complex. Yeah, it's like if someone how do you how do you not I don't know, man. People are people are crazy. Rampton says I'm buying a We Are Change shirt because Luke's back. Well thank you. I appreciate That's that very right. much. That's right. All right. Vladis Mosley says, hey, Tim, I think YouTube is playing games with your notifications. Today is the first time since I've been tuning in when I didn't get an alert. That's right. YouTube is uh, uh, absolutely doing that. And there's nothing. What can you do? I don't think YouTube owes me promotion. But I'll tell you this. So long as they do promote my content, I'll be like, go to TimCast.com and become a member. Because once we get to that point where we're self-sustaining, where people are sharing the articles and sharing the videos, uh, we're not going to need YouTube for anything. We need to build our own system. And, uh, you know, we're working on a bunch of open source projects to help expand the idea of independent ownership of content and fight back against the, the conglomerate, the conglomeration or whatever conglomeratization of, of independent media, the takeover by the corporations want to shut down independent voices. We've got to build, we've got to resist. And that's what we're doing. All right. Sone, uh, Sone, Sone DNB says, congrats on your newsroom, Tim, but how do you plan on ensuring it stays neutral? Twitter was the pro-free speech platform until it wasn't. We don't. I'm sure it's only a matter of time until, you know, it's like 20 years and I'm like, you know, I started this to challenge the system and now I look in the mirror and I am the system. It happens. That's why we just need, you know, maybe one thing we can do is just uh, at a certain point when the company gets too big, we launch another startup and give people an independent newsroom. It's hard. 
It really is. I don't know. The, the biggest concern I have and the reason why we're launching all of this is because, look, I can be a guy on YouTube and talk about what I talk about. But what happens after I, I'm like I'm old and I'm retiring? There's got to be something that lives on beyond me. At the very least, we can plant the seeds of this culture and hope it w- remains true and expands. Maybe there's something we can do with like corporate bylaws and restrictions or something. We'll figure it out. Jimmy Quinto says, I got my Doge shirt. Thanks. It's a great shirt, isn't it? That, no, no joke. Go to TimCast.com. Go to the store. And we got a bunch of silly shirts. We got the Diamond Hands Gorilla. He's He hasn't sold his AMC stock, so of course he's rich. Then we got the Doge shirt, which is, they're all like this joke of like the I am a gorilla thing. But check them out. All right. The Weary says, I am a simple man. I see Luke. I hit like. Wondering if the Beanie Squad has looked into Share Tanzania at all. Mike Tyson did a charity fight for them. John St. Julian on YouTube. Right on. I think people are all screaming that they love Luke because they're worried he'll leave. They better. <laughs> B. Rizzle says, Gun Owners of America has pre-written comments for the ATF comment section on proposed rules for renaming frames and receivers and pistol braces ban. It's very important. Contact Guns and Gadgets ASAP. You should definitely check into that. I will look into that as well. Taz Riot says, People often talk about the problems yet don't mention solutions. You want things to change? Form your own community, like an intention, uh, in- intentional community. Be the ch- be the change, be the change, Luke. I heard that somewhere. Yeah, but in today's video, I was actually talking about the the most important currency that you could have during turbulent times, and the most important one is social currency. The people around you, your neighbors, your family, work on uh, your relations because those are going to be critical when things break down, and they're they're already breaking down. All right, we got Evil Zombie Hamster says Seattle City Council candidate Ubax Guard here pled down from a felony for a bomb threat on a school bus. Seattle Democrats are backing her. I don't live in Seattle, but I live in Washington, and Seattle's politics runs our state. Boy, yeah, yeah you we probably not. We broke know. that story the other day. It's That's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. I don't think people should live in these places. I don't think anyone should vote for that person. Yeah, but they're gonna. Probably. They're going to. So what happens when you have a cult in she government? She called the children cowards as they wow. fled out the back of the, <laughs> wow. the, back of the bus. You wow. seven-year-olds, you're cowards. Yeah. You're all cowards. Wow, wow man. Wolf Frick, Wolf Freak says, security in Cali make $18 an hour. Trust me, I was one of them until last year when I moved to Texas to flee the coof. Oh, there you go. All right. First Thessalonian says, Luke, I saw the Gray State trailer and a video of We Are Chain's reaction to the trailer. Claps and whistles and whoops. How well did you know David Crowley? Would you, Tim Guest, ever consider making a movie based on David's concept trailer? Um, the movie, uh, the trailer, the story behind it has been absolutely crazy. I, I met uh, I met that individual, I think, a number of three times. I was uh, around a lot of his uh, friends. Um, and uh, it's it's a tragic, crazy situation of what happened there. Right on it. E.C. Morgan says, leftist cities need to collapse like an Atlas shrugged. Great to see you back, Luke. Missed you in the show. Now do the Federal Reserve. Yeah, we've been ragging on the Federal oh, Reserve yeah. quite a bit. They deserve it. <laughs> They're bad. Ward Spose says, good call on Cassandra, Tim. She's a good human from my perspective. As a person that hires people, I think it will be lovely... I think it'll be a lovely relationship. My best. I've known Cassandra for like uh, a decade. We, you've known a lot for a really long time as well. Uh, around Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's been like a while. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think this was like, I think that that's why everybody guessed that I was hiring Cassandra because it's fairly obvious. We've known her for so long and, you know, 
But uh, we're going to have a great team. We've got a couple other people. They're, they're all fair. Like, Cassandra is definitely on Twitter. She's feisty, bombastic. But the other people we're hiring are, like, no offense to them, rather boring. <laughs> like, regular journalists and reporters who write good work. And so, you know, there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll have our, uh, our rage from the left. They can say whatever they want. I don't care. Arcyon says, Tim, have you been to every country in the world yet? I ask this as someone who feels left behind in life. I am desperate to travel. And how many people do you know that have? I do not know anyone that has been to every single country. I have been to, I think, 30. Luke, you've probably been to way more than I have. I lost count, uh, but I love traveling. You've probably been to like more than half. Yeah, I was travel hacking. And right before COVID, I was so happy. And then COVID hit and I was stuck in New York City, which wasn't the place to be during COVID. Will C says, Tim, I no longer get notifications when you go live. Over the last two weeks, I've had to search my subscriptions to find the live chat. Keep it up. That's right. If you're listening right now and you want to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, hit the notification bell. That still might not be enough, but I'll tell you this. One of the most powerful things you can do is take the URL to the show and just share it on all social media. And I think you can always go to youtube.com slash timcast IRL slash live. But of course, with the new site rolls out, we, I, I don't know exactly when and, uh, when, when it will be launching this specific feature. We're planning on just having the live run on the website as well. We're trying to use these networks and, you know, have our exodus. So long as they drive massive amounts of traffic, we want to make sure we can guide people to our platforms as well. So we'll use YouTube to the best of our abilities. But yeah, we'll have all the stuff on the website. Because sooner or later, they're going to they're gonna just nuke us off YouTube. William Carlos says, so I see you're accepting bribes now, Tim. Great. Please check out a pitch that I sent to your pitches email. I'd love to hear back from you guys. Beluga whale. Bribes in the form of super chats. <laughs> if you super chat, uh, I try to read as many as I can. Bribe, Sometimes I people get their, uh, their uh, super chat read. Clef the Misfit says, hey, gang, did you see the content cop video on Taylor Lorenz with, you, with uh, the YouTuber Bossed Wiki did? Professional thorough takedown. Turns out leftist women don't protect each other either. Interesting. I didn't know that. I watched the video. It was actually pretty uh, pretty good. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Let's see. The Licensed Guru says, good choice for today's panel. They should be on more often and missed hearing Luke's opinion. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Let's see. Uh, Samuel Le- uh, Leliuk says, where's the coverage by Tim of the censoring of Bre- uh, Brett Weinstein's video? FDA compliances in 500K, U.S. COVID. Uh, if you'd like to see that, <clears throat> look, they deleted Brett Weinstein's video. So we did a segment on TimCast.com. It is, yes, for members only. We're trying, we're trying to figure it out. I don't like putting things behind a paywall when it's like extremely important. The website, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the, the new iteration of it. We're going to have these very important things be readily available and shareable and all that stuff. Absolutely. We just need to get the framework rolling. But, um, if we did a video talking about what Brett, Brett Reinstein was talking about on YouTube, they'd nuke us in two seconds. This is a very serious problem. What do we do? If I come out and start a video and I say, hey, guys, here's a thing that happened. There's a minute delay on YouTube. They would nuke us before you even heard what we said. Often people are like, whoa, I don't even get it. They just got shut down. Yes, because YouTube is watching and they ban us. So go to TimCast.com, the conversation. It's the, it's the last one we did just the other day. It's in the members only section. Scroll down. You'll see a picture of Luke wearing a shirt. That says, <clears throat> make America Florida, and that's where you know you'll, you'll have found it. <laughs> yeah. The video yesterday that we did is very important and uh, definitely worth a watch. 
Wait, you really have a T-shirt that's Make America Florida? Yeah. I mean, I got demonetized by YouTube, so I just started a T-shirt company. But where and is I it? started to make ridiculous T-shirts. I and really one of them is that T-shirt. I'll mail you one. But oh, uh, I, I have really my bad. T-shirt store is available on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. Make America and, but Florida. I'll, but, I'll, but I'll give you one, and that's been one of the favorite I wrote, ones I wrote that an we've been article getting out there. earlier this year that was, uh, like, I think it was called Florida is a Paradise of Freedom. It so is. It, it is. has been. I just came from there, and it was absolutely amazing. Jav Tonda says, Tim, you shouldn't make fun of Colbert for being a contrarian and give a half-witted answer to an issue, since you do it all the time. While calling a hypothesis a conspiracy, keep up the good work, though. I- I'm, so- I'm sorry. While, while I, I certainly am one to be able to take criticism, Colbert obviously lying all the time and me being skeptical are very different things. Like when Colbert comes out and lies about Trump, he's lying. When Colbert comes out and says... Even in the face of like overwhelming evidence and, and, and even the mainstream media now coming around saying lab leak makes the most sense. Even with Fauci now saying he's not entirely convinced COVID is, is natural. Colbert still tries maintaining that lie. Well, there's all these bats here. There's a big difference. Okay. Yeah. And Colbert is not a contrarian. He repeats the same talking points as almost every single late night TV show host, which is in unison, always regurgitating the same talking points. All right. I am insanity says been following and watching since 2015 going to ask for a shout out to my news channel the insane report daily news with a psychotic twist and no cursing I may be insane but I'm not crazy there you go Julie Simone says first things first welcome back Luke great guests and discussion per usual as a farm D what's happening in SF is sad for the patients employees and city i lived there 2013 to 2020 and just left for florida make america florida yeah there you go well, mm-hmm. I, got, I got i gotta get i gotta get some of those shirts we gotta, we gotta yeah get them here. we should we should go to florida too no come on why not let's all go it's yeah. hot yeah and but now, humid it's kind of awesome though. you get yeah. one month you get it's you get hot. january and may maybe february like january tim cast irl from miami florida bitcoin conference is probably gonna happen we'll call it the the winter studio yeah Seriously. The winter White Maybe House. Maybe you could be snowbirds. Yeah. Maybe. That sounds a lot better than shoveling snow off of my roof. <laughs> like <laughs> I have roof. to off of my RV roof. Oh, I live in an RV. Yeah. Cold water. You have to shovel your <coughs> RV. Yeah. Cold water says the magazine Popular Mechanics had articles on how two plus two is not always four and the mechanics of pulling down a statue. I haven't renewed the magazine in years and they keep sending it to me. Mm. So what's happening with the two plus two equals five thing? Is that they're using semantic arguments to confuse you and make you unable to do math. So when we're talking about just basic integers and arithmetic, whatever, you have two apples, you have two apples, you got four apples. That's it. What they do is they use like semantic arguments like this. All right, Luke, if you, if, if, if you have two apples in your left hand and two apples in your right hand and you put them together, how many apples do you have? Five. You, the Twitterverse told me. You still <laughs> only have two apples in each hand. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. If you have one apple and you take one away, Luke, if you have two apples and you take two take one away, how many apples do you have? I don't know. Two. I guess. Because just you tell me, just tell because, me what to say. Tell me that. No, no, no. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. If you have two apples and you take one away, it's not two minus one. They're using semantic arguments. Oh, right, because yeah. I have two apples and I'm the one who took it. I'm still holding two apples. That's why two minus one equals two. So clever. Yeah. That's they, they do this thing where they're like if you have 2.4 and, 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 round, and, and, and round it, you'll get 2. 
But if you have 2 plus 4 plus 2 plus 4, you'll get 4.8, which rounds up to 5. It's a, it's how you destroy reality and then tell right. people what to think. Yeah. Yep. This is this is what happens, too, with gender, right? We tell little kids not to trust their instincts. Makes everybody crazy. And not to trust their own bodies, and then everyone's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I can't read this. It's in Polish. It's for Luke. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I can't I can't see any screens in front of me. It says, Dizyekuj Luke za Paurot. Okay. Pazdro Wiena in Nymek. Okay. What did, it, what did he say? I have no clue what you're saying. <laughs> I said that in perfect Polish. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I I was it was it was articulated perfectly. Luke just doesn't actually speak Polish. Uh huh. All right. The throne says, "Hey guys, love the talk about this ideology being a new secularist religion that people are blindly following despite conflicting views. A name you could use for this religion is statism, and it's required for socialism. Mm. Yeah, actually, statist. It's just whatever the establishment says. They're like, yes." Yeah, 100%. You should wear two masks. Yes. Don't wear two masks. Yes. yes. You should wear two masks. Rick and Morty yes. guy. Yes. That's all they're doing. <laughs> Fauci, it's it's almost like Fauci's playing Simon Says and he's laughing. I wonder if like after every interview he does, he goes, I just told him to do the exact opposite. <laughs> they're doing it. It's hilarious. And they're all laughing, like high-fiving each other. I can't believe they're falling for this. All right. Mrs. Awesome says, Tim, I completely agree with boycotting companies that go against interests. And you are also correct that people cave to the FOMO, which is going against their interest. People need to show their force by not caving. What we need, it's really simple. We need more cultural stuff. When people are on Twitter and there's a viral trend where they're like, dude, the new episode of, you know, like, uh, I don't know. What is what's a popular show? Like Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Conservatives need their own version of that. Dude, did you see that movie from the Daily Wire? It's so great, you know. Run, hide, fight. Yeah. yeah. Did there you see that? No, I don't. I didn't see it either. Did you see it? No. Yeah. Nobody saw it. Mm-mm. No, I, I know a lot of people who did. They said it was pretty good. Yeah. It's going great. <laughs> well, they're just, they're just. Well, that's 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 the point. It's not. It's it, they need more. One movie isn't enough for everybody to just watch and then like be like, oh, we need a good series. There needs to be a viral hit. If Daily Wire can put out something that's like on par with the virality of Game of Thrones, it's over. Then everyone's going to be watching Daily Wire. So that's the thing. Like, I feel like there's a reason why, though, that that hasn't happened yet. I mean, I don't think and it sucks to say it, but I don't think that there's exactly an even distribution of creatives on the right and the left. I think that there's a certain kind of person that tends, obviously, this is just speaking generally, tends to lean left and there's a certain kind of person that tends to lean right and they don't seem the person who seems who tends to lean right doesn't seem to be the same person that's the creative i think that there's a reason why they they kind of like fall on different parts of a, of I, a chart i wonder that that i wonder if that's true or if perhaps the institutions and the gatekeepers that hold the keys to the kingdom of culture and art are so left-leaning that it's hard to make any headway if you i mean i went to art school and 
people who might have had conservative views did not ever speak them. Playwrights that I know who are conservative, they don't they don't talk about that. They just, you know, they try and like slip in their stuff underneath so that no one notices that they're saying what they're what they think. Maybe they should. Right. That's well, the that's problem. that's one they thing They ought actually. to stand up. That's and one thing that I think will change the paradigm is that it's becoming like so militant. You know, these institutions were always liberal, but liberal had a different meaning. I mean, liberal was totally unthreatening and had no teeth and it was just kind of this like free flow um, mentality. But it's it's totally changed from that. It's become totally puritanical, which now is incompatible with art and creating. And I definitely think that you're right. And I think that it's it's just changed form and it's going to push a lot of creatives who aren't necessarily conservative but just aren't like that yeah. away and into the arms of we're, conservatives or just people who aren't puritanical we're going to be funding sitcoms and films and comics and the goal is just to not have it be political it's That's the right move it's we're gonna it's gonna have like undercurrents you know what i mean there's gonna be certain things about like being a hero saving people having personal responsibility and stuff like that but it's not going to be overt like you know trump as superman fighting you know communists or something Art doesn't have to be political. Yeah, it it it, it will I, it will it will have ideology in, ideology in it. Uh, it just won't be overt. It'll be like here's a hero. He's a hero because he believes these things, and that's it. Well, once you tap into old stories, once you tap into like the river of human knowledge, uh, it's not about ideology. It's about telling classic human stories. Yeah. All right, Jay Schartzer says, "Thank God Luke is back. My throat was getting sore from all the puking." <laughs> That's right. No, Luke rebuke. Callum Askew says, first off, it's great to see Luke again. I just graduated from an arts high school in the Bay Area. We have been force-fed Marxism and CT since eighth grade. I've been watching y'all since the Kyle Rittenhouse incident. Thanks for keeping me sane during that. We try, man, but uh, it takes each and every one of you to share. Like people are saying, like, oh, I'm not getting notifications anymore. Out of sight, out of mind. They want to make sure you don't see it, but if they ban it outright when it's big, it creates a huge uproar, so they got to do it very, very slowly. And I'm aware of that, so I'm launching a website, we're bringing people on, and we're going to try and fight back. It's, uh, it's, what, it's, it's what we got to do. But we need each and every one of you to smash the like button, share the show, and help spread the word. At the very least, man. All right. Ski Man from Toronto says, hey, Timcast gang, Great Reset is for real. G7 leaders voted unanimously on minimum 15% global corporate tax rate. Lock us down, force our money to big corporations, tax them to hell on their new revenue, bailouts, and more. They're not, they're they're not even trying to hide it. They use the same kind of generic talking points of building back better in their official G7 pro, you know, announcement. Man. All right, let's see. We got one. Uh, someone mentioned a good book. Where are we at? Where did it go? Here we go. A.K. Kamara says, Tim, my guy, you got to read The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt. Yes. The difference between liberals and conservatives is based on differences of moral in, uh, intuitions, not based on logical versus illogical. That's correct. Great. It's called The Moral Foundations. And there's actually, I, I think the book may have only had five. They've since added a sixth, Liberty Foundation. Um, I always try to name them off the top of my head. It's, um, it's care, fairness, loyalty. Purity. Purity. Isn't that, uh, isn't that sanctity or is it purity? Same thing. And authority and liberty. Did I say liberty? I don't know. There's six. And here's my here's my favorite. First, liberals only have two moral foundations, care and fairness. They don't care for authority, loyalty, purity, or liberty. Conservatives have an equal distribution of all moral foundations. The best one. Libertarians only have one. Liberty. 
They don't care about you. They don't want to be fair to you. They have no loyalty to you. They care. They absolutely hate authority. There's no purity. It's just let me do what I want. Leave me alone. Hey, I'll take it. If they're not bothering me, I don't care. <laughs> but I guess there are problems in that. Okay. Jonathan Kelly says, I am suffering some uh, this, from same nerve damage as your friend. I don't know what to do. Docs included specialists don't have much to tell me. I'm in terrible, awful pain all day and all night long, head to toe. Man, sorry to hear it. Uh, yeah, a friend of mine's got nerve damage in his arms and legs. Yeah. So he can't you know, play music or skateboard anymore. And uh, I've been talking about it. And he said just one day, a few days after you know, getting vaccinated, he started to feel pain. And they said they think that his, his immune system went into overdrive and it attacked his nerves. Yeah, at Hopefully least people should register with VAERS uh, if they do have complications. If they have any problems, they should report on it. Uh, <laughs> so at least people know the, the real numbers out there because they're, they're already pretty staggering. All right. Alternative JK says, when it comes to SF, you should look at their current DA, Chesa Bowden. He was raised by Bernadine Dorn and Bill Ayers. Wow, really? Wow. Members of the That's radical right. left-wing weather underground movement. By the way, got Luke's normalized critical thinking shirt with good feedback. Yeah, no, he his parents were really close with Weather Underground, and he was literally raised by them. That's not that checks out. an exaggeration. Wow. Yeah, because his parents were in prison, and yeah, so he that's was wow. raised that's by right. Ayers. Yeah. I lo- I Ayers was like his godfather, something like that. You know, the, you know his I will, parents are still in prison, I think. I don't know. What, what I do find like really funny about this is that you know, 40, 50 years ago, you had these ideologues who were like zealots for their cause. And they, they write all these things about how this is the right way to do things. And now it's a total, like, mess and it's chaotic and everything's failing and crime skyrocketing, proving their corrupt moral ideology was broken from the get-go. And now that's being impl- implemented, everything's just burning to the ground. So congratulations on that. There was uh, someone who was with the Weather Underground who was uh, coordinating the funding for Black Lives Matter as well. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Boy P says Tim can't hide his bald head in the Florida heat without having a stroke. That's exactly it. I can't wear a beanie in Florida. What am I supposed to do? Oh, geez. I lived in Florida. A fedora. A fedora. That's it. In uh, in January and February, (laughs) we were actually able to go out and skate and it was comfortable. But nobody went outside unless they were on the beach. Yeah, It's different. I mean, I was out there. People are partying, drinking, going to restaurants, having fun. It's, 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 I love it there. It's fun in Florida. Yeah. Alexander Scarpecci says Timcast News should bring Ivory Hecker from Fox 26 in Houston. I hear she is looking for work. That is the woman who secretly filmed her bosses at her local news outlet and Project Veritas is uh, exposing what they were doing. I guess the only issue is I'm sure Project Veritas is going to fire her, uh, is going to hire her first. So uh, that seems she, she seems like a Maybe. perfect fit for Veritas. Her face is out there now, though, so I don't know. Angry Goose says... First time super chat. I'm a trucker and I love listening to y'all chat every day. It really helps pass the time. Keep up the great work. Hey man, really appreciate it. Timeless Ninja says, I need a Trump superhero comic, Tim. Okay, to be fair, we probably will do that because it'll be a hilarious Is satire. Is there already of... a manga about Trump? Well, there's like a joke one. Oh. It's called um, My Hero Magadimia. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if you guys are, if you guys know anything about My Hero Academia, but there's a, a superhero named All Might and he's like super ripped and blonde and like strong. So they make Trump look like that. I really love the political cartoons about Trump where he's ripped. 
Ben Garrison. Like, yeah, Ben yes. Garrison. Oh my gosh! Like whenever there's Trump, he's all like, all, I'm like, dude, the guy's fat. <laughs> he's out of shape. <laughs> he eats you McDonald's. All the yeah, time. I know. <laughs> but I love in their version of like the, the you know he's like, uh-huh, and he's like all chiseled and V-shaped torso. Yeah, Didn't yeah, he yeah. Did you serve McDonald's to like the winners of the NBA championship one year? Yeah, or like some college team. They college loved it. Team. Yeah. Yeah. The media ragged great, on them, yeah. but they were all like, "This is awesome!" Yeah. Like a Big Mac. I don't. I don't like McDonald's. I'm not gonna eat it. Top yeah. three most hilarious Trump moments of his presidency: literally serving McDonald's on a silver platter. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, when he when he said only Rosie O'Donnell. When Megyn Kelly was like, "You called women fat pigs," and he's like, "Only Rosie O'Donnell." There's the McDonald's thing, and then there's Kung Flu, Kung which flu, was, was like. <laughs> I just was like, oh, geez, this, wow. It was, yeah. Heck of a president. (laughs) Kind of hysterical. All right, everybody. If you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe, share the show, and go to TimCast.com because we're going to have a bonus segment coming up. Usually it goes up around 11 p.m. or so. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL where you can share our videos and like them because we're just trying to leverage the existing networks so that we can start moving to TimCast.com. I want to make TimCast.com like a big, massive network. I want it to be a multi-billion dollar media conglomerate that believes in principles and, you know, classical liberal values and things like that. That's what we're working on. Maybe in uh, five years, 10 years, we'll be closer and closer and closer. So that's the plan, man. You can follow me personally at TimCast across the board. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Uh, do you guys want to shout anything out so that uh, your social media or where they can find you? At Emma Joe NYC on Twitter. You can uh, if you really start digging, you'll find my Instagram, but that's not for work. <laughs> uh, you can find me every day at thepostmillennial.com and on Twitter at Libby Emmons. And uh, wearechange.org is the website, top right-hand corner. Just sign up on that email list. It costs you nothing. It's free, and I send you premium videos on there. My main YouTube channel is We Are Change. Hope to see you there. You guys may follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids. We will see all of you in the bonus episode where we say all of the things YouTube doesn't allow us to say, including swear words. That'll be at TimCast.com. So thanks for hanging out. We'll see you there. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.